It ain't going to help the pot at all. Hello, and welcome <laughs> to a new episode of Fascinated with Films. Damn, that's what it's time. <laughs> hey, man, you speak up. You don't know. You ever know what's going to be recorded around here. Yep, yep, I gotcha, I gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't hear uh, Dave and Justin here in the podcast studio because my podcast studio uh, got on the plane with me, and I am currently potting from Norton, Massachusetts with my uh, cousin Eric. Yo. And uh, you may have uh, rem- remember Eric from uh, two previous pods. We did one on 80s horror, mm-hmm. and we did one on just Friday 13th films. Friday 13th, yeah. Hey, we need to come back and do a Mike Myers one. Definitely. Uh, Mike Myers. Uh, Michael, Michael Myers. Myers. <laughs> Michael Myers. <laughs> I mean, we could do a whole Austin Powers one. I'm oh, fine, yeah, completely absolutely. fine with that. Uh, so I married an axe murderer. Man, maybe you should have done a uh, Halloween pod. I'm, I'm audible <laughs> in it right now. That you could That's probably cool. do though. Yeah, yeah like, like you would probably know enough about the uh, Halloween pods to just improvise a uh, dialogue on it. Yeah, I'd be pretty good with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing that? No, now? we're not going to do that now. All right, sweet. We'll, we'll leave that till next time. Though, but <laughs> that that definitely warrants. How many movies are in that franchise? Um, I think H2O made it. Eight. That wasn't the last. I one, mean, uh, resurrection. That was a resurrection. Say. Yeah. And then this one would make it nine, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Six, seven, eight. Yeah, I believe because I, only this is nine. Only five of them actually had numbers, right? Yeah. 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 It stopped numbering them. No, no. Well, yeah. Uh, six was Curse of Michael Myers. Curse of Michael Myers. Then it was H two O resurrection. It went still as from. Uh, it still was uh, actually a six on that. I one, think there right? wasn't that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We both saw the new one. We both loved it. Absolutely. Yep. Great movie. If you're movie. listening to this, I'm assuming you're a horror fan because we are going to do some 90s horror here. But, uh, yeah, and I think we t- mentioned it uh, a bit before that uh, that Halloween rocked. Except yeah. Dave and Justin hadn't seen it. I went and uh, saw it. Uh, no, Dave saw it. Dave saw it with me. Sorry, cool. Dave. <laughs> I knew you were sitting next to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was fabulous. I'm sure they'll do another one since... It got huge success off yep. it too, yep. and hopefully other franchises are going to realize that they have the opportunity to be rebooted. I was just telling uh, uh, <clears throat> Jay at the store uh, that Eric works at the after they finished the Goldbergs episode with Robert England playing Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. that people are super interested in Robert England coming back to play Freddy Krueger in a new movie. Yeah, and I mean it's makeup. There's, you think about it. There's you, no other I way. I mean, there's it. You can't, and he'll already, look basically the same. His you, bone structure of his exactly. face didn't change. You've already tried putting someone else in there, and it sucked. You need him. You yeah. need Robert Englund. That's, did you like Freddy. the? Uh, do you find anything redeeming about the? Uh, the no. Re, uh, no. I didn't either. No. I didn't like it. I was like, wait, Kelly from uh, Bad News Bears yeah. is going to be the no, new Freddy Krueger? Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, I didn't like anything about it. Nope. Uh, and some of those remakes I dig, you know, but that certainly wasn't. A like, lot of them I dig, yeah. and that was definitely one of the worst I've ever seen. I didn't much care for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. The, the first, first one, one I didn't like either. There was a couple in there that weren't that bad. I think the beginning was the one I liked the best. Hmm. I'll have to check that one out. I did like the uh, Friday 13th one. Love it. 
So Love I think that. since the last pod, uh, I had watched it uh, that we were talking uh, mm. about me having to see it, and I did enjoy that quite a bit. Yep, loved it. They made him a hunter, like I said, and I, I think that they nailed that movie, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, if you're like me, <clears throat> '90s horror was huge in your life. Hell, '70s, '80s, and '90s, yep. right there. Were '90s kind was of our, kind of the end. Yeah, and then it kind of and then took, it got a, a jump start yeah. by one of your movies on here, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, I loved it. I, I think, what were the years of my movies here? So I got 95, 90, 91, 92, 92. So I had a couple early ones on there. But yep. you, you're right. It There was like a three-year like tank of horror movies that only a couple were coming out here and there. And it must have been around like 93, 94, something like that. Yeah. Um, I got a couple early ones and I got um, I got everything all the way to 97. Yeah. But I mean, these these movies were, were really, really uh, different movies. They It was a different time. You were kind of past like the um, the slashes a little bit. It's true, and a lot of the uh, directors that we loved a lot in the eighties kind of kind of slowed down. Like John Carpenter, John Carpenter was kind of only doing a few here and there uh, movies, mm-hmm. and by the end of the nineties, he was kind of out of the game almost yep. in a way. Yep. Now he's kind of coming back doing his soundtracks again and being affiliated with all the the new Halloween stuff. But That's even uh, Wes, Wes was kind of out. Uh, mm-hmm. Who were the other? Big horror guys around that. I mean, time. you don't see anything about Stephen King anymore. He was that was his uh, tail end. Yeah, and you the know. movies that did come out for him in the nineties, like Sleepwalkers. I mean, uh, uh, ne- um, Needful Things. Needful Things was, was good. good I, I do love Needful I l- Things. I liked it. I like. I, I think liked it was nineties. So. I think Misery came out in the nineties yep, too. Misery, Misery I was love good. Misery. So I guess yeah. he did have some good flicks in the nineties. But here that was there. pretty much it. But he did have some ones that they tried, like uh, actually ones that I liked that not a lot of people liked, like Mangler. I thought Mangler was Mangler's actually right. a decent movie. Yep. Try finding that one no, on I know. DVD. I <laughs> you won't be able to find huh, that. I forgot all about it. Yeah, it's a really uh, decent one. In fact, I love Graveyard Shift. That could have easily I liked been it. on. Yeah, uh, Brad Dorf's in that. Yep, I Brad Dorf was great. Yeah. One of the best main accents in any movie is that guy who ran the uh, the mill there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the same dad from Monster Squad. He was the kid's dad. That's right, the cop. The cop. Yeah. Yeah, it, he was like a totally different person. In, uh, oh, yeah, he was Monster a scumbag in that. Yeah. No, and the Graveyard Shift. Graveyard Shift, yeah. Not to be confused with the other Graveyard Shift. You remember the other one? There was two of them named Graveyard Shift. The other no. one was a vampire movie. Yeah, very rare. I got burned by it a couple times. Who's in it? Uh, I don't think anyone that I know is, oh, okay. is in it. What, what uh, year? Like what? Uh, time must have been like eighty two or eighty three. Huh. Doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, and it wasn't that good. But I had been burned several times uh, running the cable to watch. Uh, a great movie about mm-hmm. a mill being overrun with rats and yep. got some crappy vampire movies. So. Huh. Always pay attention, kiddos. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Always getting burned on eBay. Yeah. Bastards. And so you're like me that anytime you hear about a good horror movie, I mean, even today, that's kind of how we are. If, mm-hmm. if a good horror movie comes out, I'm, I'm there, you know? And Definitely. not always when there's a good comedy out. That stuff yeah. seems like it could wait until like Redbox or yep. when it comes out Same on Same thing DVD. with the action. I mean, I love the action, yeah. but um, they're all over the place. Horror seems like it's up there and it's, uh, it's if it's well enough done, it'll be worth seeing in the theater. So. Yeah, Definitely. And uh, 90s, I was going to the theater a lot. I mean, I was in high school, and then even out of high school, there was a period there where I probably wasn't going as much. But then I remember seeing, like, certain movies uh, uh, several times when I went to the theater. Probably several ones that are on this list. Yeah, I got a few here I've definitely seen. All right. I say we start right out. We each picked five great friggin' flicks here, Mm -hmm. and uh, we'll... We'll probably mention a couple of our uh, honorable mentions uh, at the end, but these are the ones that I think made the most impact, at least to me. We'll see right. what reasons you had of picking <laughs> some of your crappy movies there, man. 
right. Why do you get? <laughs> nice. Why do you give it? Oh, Justin's not here for me to rip on, man. I got to throw a that's couple fine. jabs. That's fine. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, number five, I get ninety six. Um, scream. Scream. Wes Craven. Wes Craven, and this is the one I was just mentioning, man. It really kind of gave a big ass kick in the ass to other horror movies. Revitalized the, the industry. It, it really did. Yep. You know, you got to give the guy credit and. Weird enough, he he did that by making fun of the genre. Exactly. Really. Yeah, that, that's really what made the movie, too. Yeah. That and the fact they had a bunch of um, budding stars, you know, people who were about, about to be there. Absolutely. You know, about to be that person. And I mean, you think Matthew Lillard, uh, what yep. he went on to do for yep. a while there, and uh, Nev, Nev Campbell, Campbell. Yep. Uh, Skeet Ulrich. Uh, Rose Not, McGowan. Was it Skeet Ulrich? Yeah. Yeah, Skeet yep. Ulrich. Rose McGowan, uh, even uh, Arquette Cox, uh, Leah Schreiber's probably yep. the most uh, yeah decorated of this decorated one. of, uh, and he didn't even get much until number two, right? I think he got more screen, the, play yeah, way on, more on the second yeah. one. Yeah, the first one was just like little shots of him. Yeah. Pretty much. Justin was going to talk about number four, but I can't even remember number four. Four, I, I've I only seen three. two or three times. It's okay. Three's three's not bad. I didn't like it's two as bad. much as one uh, at all. I thought two. No, was, I think two's the worst actually. Really, you thought, I, I think, think it was the worst out of the four? I think they kind of go in order for me. I like three a little bit better than two. I like the cast better in three. That's the one with Parker Posey, wasn't she in that yeah, one? When yeah, they, yeah, when yeah. they're doing the movie, when yeah. they're making the movie. That's right, on that's the right. I like that one. It's got um, um, Patrick Dempsey's in it. He's the mm. cop. He's pretty good in that. I liked him. The, uh, I've mentioned it in pods before. The most screaming I've ever heard in a movie theater that I've ever been in was for Scream 2. No kidding. I went like the opening night, and it was just all high school kids. Oh, and yeah. It, and it was insane. The theater was it, it very It wasn't a bad movie. I'd probably put it... Um, I should put it third, not fourth, because I think four was a little bit worse. But out of the main three... I'll have three, to check out three again. I don't remember. I like three a lot. I thought there were some good actors in it. Well, what do you like about uh, number one? What's some of your favorite stuff? Oh, everything. I mean, they, they made it nice and violent. They put a bunch of people like uh, Henry Winkler that you weren't expecting to see. That's These right. Guys, you, you, um, and those Linda, old jabs. Linda Blair was in it. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. even the jabs like where uh, Henry Winkler goes out... Uh, Opens the door to say, and the janitor's, and the janitor's there. there. And he's, he's wearing hey the red and uh, yeah, he's yeah. wearing the red and green sweatshirt like uh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Hey Fred, hey Fred. Yeah, <laughs> he was great in it. Uh, I loved uh, what's his net Deputy Dewey. I thought he was great yeah. in there. Ar- Arquette. He was yeah, it good. just had that uh, great blend of all the elements that really worked. The, music, the great the script by really Kevin good. Williamson, yep. who went on to do uh, Frailty. Mm-hmm. And which was a great flick. Yeah, Frailty uh, was awesome. Good, good music. Yeah, we haven't talked about Frailty on the pod yet. That was a really fantastic yeah, one was. that I was surprised at. That yeah, had I, a, also had a really great kids cast, but had a great adult yep, cast too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Powers Booth and Mac- McConaughey at the end of that movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> oh man, and I love uh, Rob- uh, Robert Patrick. Yep, was great in the two. Yep. He was evil son of a bitch. He yeah, was, that was a oh, fantastic yeah. movie. I've yeah. seen that in so long. Yeah, uh, great. Check it out. Uh, yeah, for me with Scream, I loved all the stuff with uh, Matthew Lillard. I thought he was hilarious. He was awesome. I loved Rose McGowan in it. That yeah. was like the first time I think I had seen her before. And then yeah. she went on to do a whole ton, uh, tons of stuff. Death yeah. Proof is still one of my favorite things. Very well, good, that and Planet Terror. Plan- or, yeah, Planet Terror. Planet Terror, yeah, she like probably had more there. screenplay. Yeah. yeah, she definitely did. But she had a gruesome death scene in uh, Death Proof for sure. Yep. Even in Scream, when she got it caught, when she got caught the in the uh, garage door. door. Yeah, the doggy door. Oh, it was a doggy door. Yeah, she was trying to crawl out the doggy door. And it was it was like a doggy door in the garage door. Yeah, is that what it was? Yeah. And Have you ever seen one of those other than that? Uh, in that no, movie? Just, just in that movie, <laughs> made specially for Scream. I know what the hell. Uh, Little Little was hysterical in that movie. The end uh, where he's he like, was uh, so get, funny. after he gets stabbed, he's like, my yeah. mom and daddy are gonna <laughs> kill me. I'm feeling a little woozy here, man. <laughs> we did me with a phone, Dick. <laughs> great, great. It movie. was awesome. I loved him. And you ever seen SLC Punk? 
Uh, no, I haven't oh seen that one. Oh, my God. He was so funny. If you want to see Matthew Lillard in his prime comedy, uh, he was just brilliant in that movie. Huh. But, yeah, I loved everyone that and had that classic opening with uh, when Drew came in, yeah. you know, and just nailed it. Yep. And, I mean, people replay that over and over again. And uh, you still see that scream face. Every yeah. Halloween, you every go Halloween down, goes you go down Wal- uh, yeah. Waldo or uh, Walgreens, Walgreens and Walmart. fucking Walmart. You go down that aisle, you'll see a scream face on oh, there. Yeah. So it certainly became iconic. Yep. Definitely. And like you said, it, it, it brought Wes back. What did he do after that? Well, I guess he just doing the uh, Scream movies was Yeah, he was, was doing the Scream big. movies pretty much. Um, he didn't do... Red Eye. Red Eye I liked a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, with that, uh, Cillian... Uh, with Killian, yeah. Killian Murphy. Killian? Yeah. And uh, what's her name? The girl from Mean Girls. I can never I, remember I her name. I don't remember her name. Yeah, she's great, too. Uh, she was good in that movie. That movie was uh, amazing how well they that. could... Doing like a small little area that could just plain dialogue was causing tension just, yeah it just made you feel yeah. heebie-jeebies and he did a couple other ones after that but then we lost him way too early yeah, man. Definitely. i can't believe it i just was seeing like pictures from a uh um a nightmare on elm street reunion and heather Landcamp's there and she looks uh phenomenal mm-hmm. and you met her once didn't you yeah we met her in uh, salem in salem see what a better place to to meet heather Landcamp yep. too than salem Come around the corner salem, she's Mass. just sitting there hanging out it was awesome <laughs> wow say anything to her say Oh, yeah, we got our autograph and everything. We talked to her. I loved you in just the 10 of us. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, she wasn't really talking. Uh, my wife wasn't talking too much, so I just, was just like, oh, let's let's uh, kind of try, try to talk her up because we're by ourselves. There's no one else here. Oh, yeah. So you might as well try to get something out of her. She's probably bored out of her mind. Yeah. Like, I've been to rain. a bunch of cons, so I'm used to going up and kind of making small talk with uh, some celebrities here and there, and uh, it can be awkward depending on the celebrity. You yeah. know, if the celebrity is like really receptive and yeah, like yeah, talking yeah. to you and asking questions and everything, she definitely like was. She was a sweetheart, yeah. uh, very, very engaging. There you got no pictures with her too, right? Yeah, uh, we got a. Like a you got an autograph with her and Freddie, and uh, and then uh, there's uh, yeah, we got regular pictures of her somewhere. Yeah. Uh, whose phone it's on? Probably hers. Awesome. Yeah. Now you just need to meet Freddie, man. Yeah, I know. I'd love to meet I'm not, him. I'm not going to, he goes to meet him though. <laughs> really? No. Oh man. How about him yeah, or Kane Hodder? Would you go? Oh, Kane, Kane Hodder. Yeah. Hell yeah. I yeah. hear Kane Hodder's a trip, man. Yeah, yeah. He's got like he wears the gloves and everything, and. He's all he's all covered because he's all all scarred. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, from the fire. He's got like no neck whatsoever. Yeah, he's a monster. <laughs> I see him with uh, pictures of at cons with different people, and he does like things where he puts his arm around yep. their throat. And yeah, yeah. Or getting them in headlocks yep. and stuff. It's funny. Yeah. I think that's like a wrestler thing, though. All the wrestlers at the con wanna. Oh yeah. And people want pictures of them doing stuff to him or whatever. Right. I bet the old guys put me in a body slam, dude. dude I'm like seventy. Yeah, not putting yeah. in a damn body slam. I'll be at the friggin' uh, chiropractor for a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scream, that's a good one, man. Thank you. All right, so I'm gonna jump. I thought you were gonna rip on him, huh? I thought you were gonna rip on him. Yeah, well, you, th- that's not the one. Oh shit! You really? got another one on there oh, <laughs> that no. I might not like. Oh, it sucks that I, I. It might be hard to rip on these because I'm a huge fan of '90s horror anywhere, and there's not many '90s. See, with me with horror, it's probably yours. All horror is good. It's mm-hmm. just the level of good it is. You yeah, know? definitely. I mean, if you have some really interesting, unique death scenes or have some cute girls running around screaming with their uh, uh, their heads off or guys making stupid decisions and mm-hmm. getting hunting knives through their throat, <laughs> I'm there. So Yep, definitely. Uh, this one I saw in the movie theater. I loved it. And I didn't meet many people who have seen this movie. And I see even less of it at, the, at like flea markets or used DVD places. Is 1992's... Body parts. Hmm. Do you remember body parts? Uh, vaguely, we you mentioned it a while ago, and I thought it was a different movie actually. And then you uh, hit me to what it was, and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. that was a good movie. Yeah, I, I really. Movie. If you're not uh, familiar with Bobby Body Parts, let me take you through the uh, synopsis here. So we've got Jeff Fahey and 
Brad Dorf is in the movie, mm-hmm. and there's a couple other minor character actors, but nobody super famous in it. And at the very beginning of the movie, uh, Jeff Fahey, uh, and I loved just talk about Jeff Fahey for a, little while, a second here. I loved him in old movies like Silverado, but I really Good loved stuff. him in uh, what's that? Planet Terror was good. Planet Terror is probably yep. the best thing I saw him in. Yeah. Him playing that kind of the grizzly uh, barbecue guy yeah, who yeah, yeah. wouldn't give his recipe <laughs> up over his dead body <laughs> yeah. and everything. He just made me laugh, man. And I th- yeah. I thought he was going to get every role in the book after Planet Terror came out, yep. and it and it wasn't happening. Here and there, he would get a role and everything, uh, but I was like, come on, man, Jeff Fahey is back, and he should be. Uh, and everything I loved Absolutely. him and uh, he was great he has those like piercing crazy eyes where he could just you know that if he wanted to he could play evil as hell too and he hasn't really had many roles where he's got the opportunity to do this hmm. and this was an interesting one for him so at the very beginning of the movie he gets into this horrible car crash and they bring him to the hospital and they're like he's gonna lose his arm but there's this experimental shit anytime you hear experimental shit you, you probably mm-hmm. might not want to you might not want to sign on the dotted yeah, line don't go down that road. Don't <laughs> i do think it, they folks. asked his wife if i if, i haven't seen this movie in like a, uh, a couple of years oh, yeah, but i think they time. have his wife sign the order or something like that yeah, she, uh, she's nothing, like whatever look ba- what bad could happen yeah. <laughs> well she didn't obviously think what would have happened that right. did happen uh so he gets a new arm and it's this experimental thing and it's transplanted and it's awesome and uh, he's enjoying it for a mm-hmm. little while. And then his arm starts doing some crazy shit, almost mm-hmm. not as quite as uh, animated as, say, Idle Hands. Right, uh, or uh, but, Evil Dead. Yeah, or Evil Dead. But he he would catch himself. I think at first he was like in bed with his wife and he starts like choking her. And she, he has, hmm. she has to literally force the hand away being like, what the hell are you doing? That's a little rough. And he's... Uh, and he smacks his kid at one point. Remember, yeah, his kid's that being I do mean, remember. Yep. And his hand just takes off and smacks the kid in the yeah. face. And he goes back to the doctor, and the uh, the doctor just thinks he's crazy. He's right. Like, he's like, "What are actually you telling me here, man? You think you're uh, you think I gave you a hand with like a personality, and it's <laughs> it's taken over on you?" So they just laugh at him, man. But he knows something's wrong, man. <clears throat> and he starts to have his hand starts to want to do some violent stuff. Mm-hmm. So he wants to go investigate. So he ends up. Uh, trying to find out who the donor was and in doing so he he wasn't able to find out who the donor was but he was able to find out the other people that got the parts of the body from this guy yep. and uh and then i think at that point he did know that they came from a serial killer because i Is think he, he okay. i think he knew it when he went to see brad dorf because brad dorf didn't care he was like the, the doctor yeah, it's right. like it, this that's is right. just like flesh and bone man this is yep. not like it, that means anything that this came from so that's what they find out that his donor was a uh like not just a serial killer like a like a grizzly ass yeah, serial killer balls to the wall. who killed people with his bare hands the hand he has <laughs> yeah, yeah uh but he goes and meets brad dorf who got his other arm mm-hmm. and brad dorf is is an artist who hasn't sold shit in years mm-hmm. but his new stuff is flying off the shelves and he can't sell it fast enough but it's this evil looking shit and it's almost the images of the deaths that this guy did the, the, and, and when Jeff Fahey's in his apartment and explained to him and he says do you know what this this guy did he's like it's because it's all over your walls yeah, man yeah. I said you're drawing the, the killings that the, right. he did yep. and he's trying to he says, hey, man, I'm rich again, and I'm popular, and this is just flesh and bone, and you got to get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he buys into it because he, some bad stuff starts happening to him, but he goes to another guy, and the other guy <clears> got <throat> his legs, like both of them. Oh, yeah. Remember, he yeah, was yeah, a runner, yeah. yep. and he was enjoying it. He had been without his legs, I don't know, for like half his life or maybe his whole life, and there was no convincing that guy. Right. Uh, and I can't remember how he ended up dying because he ends up – I think he ends up throwing uh, – uh, 
Brad Dorf out a window. I remember something. Yeah, I remember him getting thrown out a window. I just I don't remember the, the sequence. The up, big up shock to it. was that this guy is still alive and around. They they put alternate arms and legs on him, and he just wants them back because remember at the end he's got like stitches yeah. all over his head. Yep. He comes out with like a wow. neck brace on. I gotta see this again. Yeah, I'm, it was I'm really a phenomenal movie. It, yeah, man. you you can rent it on uh, iTunes. I think it's available for rent for like three ninety nine. So uh, I, for HBO, it was on there for a while because when I saw it like two years ago, it was on HBO. But no it, was, it was a great thriller, man, and uh, very minor cast, but. Uh, some some big horror heavies like Brad Dorf, who Mo- seems to always show his face. Oh yeah, place. yeah, a movie that definitely holds you though. You know I mean, the voice of Chucky mm-hmm. and uh, always Exorcist Three is right Exorcist up there 3, when yep. I think of him. Even in like Deadwood, man. Did you ever see any I of the love Deadwood? Him in Deadwood, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was so he good was in Deadwood. Did you hear they're doing a Deadwood movie? Yeah, I heard. It's that. like in pre-production right now. Nice. So I mean, they're not going to get that's Powers sh- Booth, unfortunately. Yeah, that's right. That's a, that's a shame. But yeah. Ian McShane, as long as they get Ian McShane, because yeah, he, yeah, switching. You get him and Bo- uh, Bullock, you could fill the rest of that cast with nobodies, and it would still be fine. Pretty much, know? yeah, absolutely. But a lot of those guys are still around. Hmm. So yeah, watch, De- watch Deadwood. <laughs> a show that went off way too early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Body Parts, nineteen uh, ninety two. That was a damn good one. Yeah. All right, what you got to thrill us with? I'm gonna go a year before that, nineteen ninety one, Silence of the Lambs. Ah. Silence of the Lambs, man. No, it's great movie. Uh, such a great movie. Cannot man. say enough about it. The introduction of uh, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Hannibal the Cannibal. Um, so brutal, so subtle, smart. A guy that you just feared the second the movie started. You had to fear him. Yeah. It was just in. In the best part is he wasn't the worst. Part he of wasn't the movie. even the uh, the main killer, really. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I wonder how many. If you were to add up how much screen time Anthony Hopkins had, I I bet what, it's like 15, 20 minutes. 15, 20 yeah, minutes that's what I would you know? guess, yeah. And when you can when you can have that much of impact on people and make the audience think that you're through the whole movie even though you're really not. But just still that presence. It's impressive. Yeah, that you're still that presence that they're going back to and you know they're going to show you again. And he was like the, the scene at the oh, end man. of the movie, man, uh, when, they, when they were transferring him. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I, yeah. When they, <clears throat> even before, yeah, even before I guess the transfer because it's transfer is when he popped up yeah. out of the thing. But when he brought uh, Charles Napier, you know, the yeah, guy that, from, I'm, uh, I'm talking the whole, yeah, scene. yeah, that from, whole scene, yeah, the, from in the, the time the cage, that he got him in there, yeah, and he got the, the way uh, he's swinging that, uh, that baton, you get at the him handcuffs just, around his wrist, and he just kind of gives him that that face. We're we're eye to eye now, yeah, and you've been treating me like shit. I'm, he had that look you. on his face, like uh, you ever seen True Romance? Yeah, I remember when Christopher yeah. Walken killed uh, Dennis Hopper, and he's yeah. like, I haven't killed anyone since 1982. <laughs> and, uh, it was like De- it was like Anthony Hopkins swinging that thing, like yeah. I, you could tell that there was pure joy in his face, and he hasn't probably killed somebody in 10 years right uh like himself i mean he yeah. was getting other people to do shit and, uh, it, he, and this is an authority figure he's doing it to yeah. thought he had control yeah. oh man that was good and when you realize because it really took you by surprise that he cut that guy's face off yeah, yeah. and put it on his own i mean in the scene especially when you're watching it for the second time and that you've got that one guy down there like uh <clears throat> consoling him yep. it's okay it's okay and like blood bubbles are coming up there and the one yep. guy's talk to him it's so and so for Christ's sake right right you know man really intense yeah just but a great movie all i all. loved what's his name uh ted levine man and ted levine yep. has become like a uh kind of a horror heavy too i mean all sorts of uh heavy really he does a lot of action movies we mm-hmm. were just talking about him in the uh remake to hills have eyes hills have where eyes, he played the yep. dad man yep. and he was super young super creepy he too. he was good on this, um monk he was the uh, captain that's right monk. he was the captain 
Antonov Mock. Yeah, he's good. In he's that. almost unrecognizable compared to what he looked. If you look at him now, especially with his stash. Yeah. Uh, if you look at him with his mustache, and then you go back and look at him as Janie Gunn, pull up the Google picture where he's got his dick between his legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's an image. <laughs> I'd fuck me. <laughs> Oh my God! Jesus, it was so great in that that yeah. iconic scene where he's looking down the well. Yeah, oh yeah. man, Potion, put the lotion in the fucking basket. <laughs> Love it. Uh, that might be a good title. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Glad to help. Uh, and uh, it made everyone's career at the Oscars that year. It swept. It swept. Did it really? Best picture, best actress, best oh. actor, uh, best screenplay. I think it even won Best Music for that year. No so shit. it was one of the last times I can remember that it was a full sweep. Wow. And I, I think I had mentioned before, I think we had talked about it in the pod, that I uh, I read the book like a week before I saw the movie. Huh. And it was identical. Like really? There was nothing different from it. Oh, wow. It. That, that's it rare. Was, it was that's the, super it was rare that you do something su- like that. And I was, it was super fresh <clears> in my memory, too. So I had not seen a single... I don't think I've read a novel since then that got it as accurate as they did. So no that the novelist uh i can't remember his name yeah i should know it did you now let's go in a little bit uh do you did you like hannibal did you like i liked uh, hannibal a lot um i liked red dragon i liked all of them uh yeah i, I even liked the uh, hannibal rising uh the hannibal i have never seen hannibal that rising. was good, was good. The, the, yeah it's the kid uh, playing him was... i liked red dragon but i also liked manhunter a little bit better because i i kind of watched manhunter a little bit more than i yep. watched red dragon. i saw red but dragon liked... first though I like uh, Ray Fiennes, though, and yep. he's always psychotic. You saw Red Dragon before Manhunter, really? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know what Manhunter was, and then yeah. someone told me, I'm like, oh, i got to go back and watch that. It's weird they didn't Manhunter. name uh, Manhunter uh, Red Dragon, because the novel was Red Dragon. Yeah, I know. They could have easily called it Red Dragon, yep. but someone down the line, one of the producers, must have thought, that makes no sense. Right. So they named it that. Yep. I had problems with Hannibal, man. I... I I kind of, it kind of lost me at the end when Ray Liotta's sitting there without his top of his head on. It just seemed a little silly to me. But it was I, definitely silly. But I really enjoyed the, the Gary the reven- Oldman stuff. Yeah, the revenge scene with Gary Oldman was awesome from the whole movie you knew that was going to happen. The scene with the uh, the cop that betrayed him uh, yeah. in the in the church, whatever. That was a good scene. That was a really good yep, scene. really he good scene. Basically having him... He told Great him, actor. I love that actor, He told him about too. the disemboweling and everything. Yeah. He, he said, uh, would you rather me do this to your, you or your fiance, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm getting one of you. So I, I like that movie a lot. Red Dragon was the, good. There was um, enough of it that kept me interesting for sure. That, that imagery of uh, Gary Oldman will haunt me to yeah, the day of my yeah. death, man. And the pigs and all that and type how, of stuff. What happened insane. to Gary Oldman? Basically. Oh yeah. God, man, it was yeah. brutal. Yeah. So the pig scene was great. The pig yeah. scene was great, man. And they uh, that was also them changing from um, boring Jodie Foster to uh, Julianne Moore. Yeah. Do you like Julianne Moore better? I can't stand Jodie Foster. Oh, really? As I just you're in the you're in the uh, same me. thing with Dave. I don't think Dave's the biggest Jodie Foster fan. I love Jodie Foster. All right, Taxi Driver. Anyone? Any, <laughs> can anyone argue with that? Yeah. If you've seen Taxi Driver, it, that was one of the first movies I saw her in. Yeah, and it just goes it goes uphill from there because she was so awful. In that yeah. Movie. She was, she was, she was young, disturbing. Though. She I was know, young. but she was just disturbing to watch. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the character was just disturbing. I like her in a lot of stuff, though. Huh. Uh, not that I can think of any right now. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Eric's right again. I'm sorry I can't defend you right now, Jody. <laughs> I do like her, uh, though. I love Julia Moore, though, also. And, and arguably, I like her more because there's more movies that I like her in. Yep. Uh, I I loved her. I just watched her in Big Lebowski. I love that. Yeah, yeah. One go to this doctor. Movies. He's very thorough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. All right. My next one. And this was it's a your one. Turn? Yeah, it's my turn. I thought right? it was my part. No, you picked Silence of the Lambs, man. Oh, trying yeah. to skip in front of me. Uh, this is the next one that I saw definitely in the theater, and uh, I enjoyed thoroughly, <laughs> to go back to the Lebowski line, <laughs> is 1992's Innocent Blood. 
Oh, nice. Love nice, Innocent nice. Blood, man. Funny. And it had the perfect funny. director for it, John Landes, who yeah. did American Werewolf in London. John Landes gets a lot of play in this pod because we love uh, Hell yeah. We love all his stuff, man. Happy Trading guy. places, seems, coming to seems America. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, seems like one of those guys you really like to meet. Absolutely. Uh, he did a lot of fantastic movies and always kind of got the idea of horror comedies, man, that the horror should be the the main point Mm -hmm. you know it needs to be really gruesome and really horrific and then the comedy kind of come out of that yeah exactly and i I think a lot of the horror comedies do the opposite they want it to be a little bit more comedy than horror and i want my horror comedies to be a little bit more horror than comedy i agree uh and they've they've had ones recently where they've kind of skirted it 50 50 like Shaun of the dead or uh uh, zombie land is very kind of a good level of both definitely definitely uh but the stuff in Innocent Blood, man, like when she vamped out on Charles, uh, Chaz Palminteri in the back of that car, yep. it was insane. You it didn't was. expect her to see it. They, no. I love, the, I love vampire and werewolf and all the genres, and I love where people can put a spin on it but still keep some kind of elements to it. But one thing they did in that movie that was very smart, and I always think it's really smart anytime someone does this, is the word vampire is not mentioned the whole movie. Not in the whole entire movie. Oh, it, shit. Yep, they don't mention vampire. Huh, okay. So, and when you don't do that, uh, much like if you don't mention the word zombies, you, you're not really tied or uh, strong so, armed so, yeah, to, yeah. to to figure out certain lore that people are gonna. You're not gonna piss okay. off the fans, right? right? Right. Because you were like, hey, we never said these were vampires. Clearly, she was the. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the sunlight was a the sunlight was a major thing. That part one, with man. Dawn Rickles, man, oh, in, in the hospital, God. that was that was hysterical. It was. It was gruesome, man. Oh yeah. I don't know. I went back and watched it recently, and the effect holds yeah. up super, he just, super he just well. Gives away. All, like, it's like a cinder. Piece by piece. It, it's yeah. like if you ever see a piece of wood that is burned yeah, too or long. Yeah, cigar. You yep. just, yeah, and exactly. it just his arms break off because what yeah. happens is Don Rickles. We're getting ahead of ourselves. If you haven't seen the movie. Basically, it's vampires, but Don Rickles in the mob. Though. Yeah, the in vampire, the mob. This literally, vampire, like van, little vampire chick is basically yeah. invading the mob and and. Half of uh, Sopranos is in this movie. Yeah, absolutely, too. yeah. Holly Walnuts yeah. is in yep. the movie. Uh, Lapaglia. Uh, I don't know if Lapaglia was in uh, Sopranos uh, at all. I don't think he was. Um, uh, there was uh, Chaz Palmonteri. Chaz, Chaz was in it. Probably. There was a lot of guys from. Uh, I heard that. Uh, Isn't Pastoria in there? I was he not? Oh, Big Pussy. Yeah, he might be. Huh. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen uh, this one, but uh, it was the one guy movie. from uh, Four Rooms. You remember Four Rooms? You remember the one that was with Jessica Biel? That the boyfriend that uh, I didn't that see tied that. her up. I didn't check that one. He was out. also in Mean Streets. He was one of the main guys in Mean okay. Streets. You would recognize him. If I showed uh, you his face. Uh, he was one of the main guys that uh, Robert Loja turned. Remember, he he had the cast on yeah, his leg yeah. and he pounded it open. Very yep. Italian looking guy. Yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes where they he turned him and then threw him in the trunk. Mm-hmm. And he told Kim Coates, you know Kim Coates yep. from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yep. Uh, he told him to open uh, the Waterworld. Uh, uh, Waterworld, <laughs> not for sale, not for sale. <laughs> That's my favorite Kim yep. Coates line, man. Uh, when he opened the trunk and. They were so upset that he was going to open the trunk in front of people. They yeah. were like, boss, you know, there's people everywhere. He's open the trunk. And he opens the trunk not realizing that uh, he's completely fine and he gets out. And remember, at first he's scared. But then when he realizes how uh, great it is to be a vampire, mm-hmm. that was what the fun parts on this were. It showed like the lighter side the, it showed the lighter side but it showed uh some of the stuff that would be enjoyable to have if you were a vampire yeah like robert lotion like i haven't felt this fantastic in years yeah. and yeah it took him a while of feeding before he got his like uh the tone in his skin back remember that yeah yeah it was really really a fun <laughs> movie man and it was basically about and this was uh 
uh, the same girl that was in uh, La Femme Nikita played the French, uh, super cute oh, really? uh, uh, vampire. You remember her? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember her name at all. It's a very French name. And I don't think she's done many American stuff, but this was one of them. Huh. And she was just like this French uh, vampire in, it was New York, I guess, some part of New York. Yep. And uh, instead of, uh, she decided one night to feed on the one of the worst people he could decide to feed on. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you don't turn the mob boss into a vampire, I guess, no. is the moral of the story. <laughs> because Robert Loja gets turned, and then he just wants to turn all his men. Uh, oh, yeah. And that last, like, third of the movie, man, where he's... He's basically just biting he, all of his guys. He's killing and, all his guys. Yeah. And then I love when he's bringing new guys into the office. Yeah, And yeah. The, the two guys that got killed before him just kill them. Yep. And then, man, it just... Remember how Louis uh, Guzman was in this, too? He played one of the uh, cops... Because uh, Anthony Paglia was a cop yep. uh, disguised as like a mobster at the beginning of the movie. Right, right. And he kind of showed himself that he was kind of an inside guy. But then started this kind of weird relationship with the uh, the, uh, the, the, vampire. the vampire girl. And it but was she, just But fun, she wasn't man. a vampire. We don't know that. That's right. It wasn't said. <laughs> she the French just, girl with the teeth. She just needs to stay out of the light. <laughs> I love they have a scene where he, they got to share the hotel room together. Remember, he ends up handcuffing yeah, her. Yeah. Ends up and having sex out. with her yeah, she w- while out, she right? was handcuffed. Yeah. And then at the end of it, she just broke out of him yeah, like I it was nothing. Thing. I could have done the same time. Don't worry about that. <laughs> really good, man. But yeah. one of the key things I remember that from this movie, other than like the incredible special effects that were going on. I'm not sure who did the special effects, so I can't really credit them, but the eyes, man. Mm-hmm. Those eyes were insane. Yeah, like and red and black, they, weren't they? Uh, there was a red set, uh, definitely a green set. Oh, uh, yeah. And it... If, it was kind of affected by her emotions. Yeah, and she had that like she had that weird deep voice at that one yeah, point where yeah, she that's like, right. scared the shit out of everyone in the <laughs> yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. But when she was like seriously vamping out like on with Chaz in the back of that car, mm-hmm. she was in like that. The red eyes are yeah. like the bloodthirsty. I'm, f- I'm, I'm feeding. Yeah, I'm feeding yeah. face. The uh, the green ones were kind of like where she was almost playful. Neutral? I think she was like uh, she had that with Anthony Lapaglia yeah. and everything. And I loved Anthony Lapaglia in this and everything else everything. at this time. Yeah. Because this was like, what was this, 92? So I'm wondering when uh, Soy Married Next Murder was. Because, it was man, right around then. It was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, I love Soy Married Next Murder, man. Yeah, we we saw that them so many times with the theater. Yeah, yeah. Sneaking out of one, going, leaving one movie and then sneaking into that yeah. five minutes in, watching it probably, I don't know, 10 we, times. I know we free. did it with, uh, uh, it was that movie, but I did we go into Robin Hood Men in Tights? Uh, I'm yeah, not, that might have been I for another one. Though. And Yeah, I, I think we didn't stay long. I didn't like that yeah. movie. We, that's so. what we would do when we were jumping yeah. theaters. We'd stay for 20 minutes. If it didn't catch our fancy, we would just leave. Yeah. And I've watched those Take movies all you we can left buffet, since. And they, movies. Yeah. But I've watched those movies since, and I was like, I don't know why we left the theater. This is pretty damn funny. It was just our mood that day. Yeah. You know, you, you get to miss the first 20 minutes of the movie, like, I kind of lost. Yeah. Well, we weren't baked enough. We went to see, I remember going to see The Shadow around that same time uh, in the theater, and that was a fantastic Fan- movie. Yeah. Too. I love The Shadow. Oh. Alec Baldwin was awesome. That's man. another movie that a lot of people don't. I don't think know about or know at least how fantastic it is because mm-hmm. it was kind of surrounded by a lot of other kind of crappy type uh, comic strip films that were done at Phantom. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. That so was bad. awful. Wasn't uh, that Billy Zane? Billy Zane. <laughs> yeah. That was. Bad. Uh, yeah. But Innocent Blood. I think the the cast is what made that so good. The cast, the director, and how good the special effects were, mm-hmm. and uh, vampire genres are are huge. You know. Yeah. I mean. 
And They've t- taken a bump lately, though. Yeah, they Twi- really... Twilight really, uh, Twilight really fucked, really us fucked it up. To the point where they need to kind of take a rest for five years and yeah. then just introduce them again. Exactly. And come up with a good thing about them. Like, I, lo- I thought Let Me In... Uh, Let Me was In was pro- awesome. ...was probably one of the best... Uh, vampire yep. movies in the last 20 yep. years. Absolutely. And it certainly moved it. It was my number one on, you can go back and listen to me talk about it on the, uh, uh, one of the Halloween pods that we did, uh, previously. And, uh, I, I really kissed his, uh, kissed his ass on that one because it, it deserved it, man. Yeah. It was a really fantastic vampire so, movie. So, so good. And like we were saying, for such a sometimes stale genre, it takes a lot to kind of give that genre a boost and mm-hmm. you really need to. And, and for that, they just kind of made a remake of the, was it French? Was it a French movie they made? I believe so. Yeah. The, uh, that's uh, a, let, let the right, the right one, one in. in. Yeah. Which was also uh, amazing. It was, it was really good. It was very good. I like this one better. I like this one better I because I read and yeah, I, I want to focus on the movie rather than having to read the same time. It's yeah. just too much. To, and like, I like Richard Jenkins, man. Richard yeah. Jenkins is so good. He was awesome. And that's an actor that we've watched from since we were little kids doing like minor like the the cop partner or like the dad or something mm. role and now he's finally coming into his own Big playing time. some major major stuff yeah, have you seen movies. uh bone tomahawk yet no uh you, you told me have i told you about it yeah parts yeah Man, yeah it's such good stuff that's probably the best movie he's ever done too he's huh. really really fantastic in it so check out bone tomahawk nice uh all right, that was mine. What do you got for your next one? Uh, number three, I believe. Yep, 1997, Event Horizon. Oh, God. Kind Such... of stole this one. We both had it on <laughs> we our We both had our list. I conceded. My... He did concede. Thank you. <laughs> hey, we both get to talk about it. So. Exactly. And this <clears throat> one could possibly, this is one of those ones that could easily fall into two genres, you know, sci-fi, sci-fi and horror. horror. And, yep. and it's the upper echelon in both those genres, Definitely. really, man. Definitely. And this had an all-star cast on it. Awesome cast. Lawrence well, Fishburne, Sam Neill. Uh, who else we got? We got Jason Isaacs. Yep. Uh, we have uh, Catherine uh, Quinlan, yep. uh, who is amazing in this movie. Uh, who is the other guy? The guy who plays uh, uh, Alfred, the butler in uh, Gotham. Is, uh, oh really? Yeah, he was the other guy. Okay. Uh, remember the guy that freaked out and ran back to the ship when yeah, he found yeah. that there was a bomb on there? Yes. Yeah, he was young. He was also in uh, Soldier with uh, Kurt okay. Russell. He yep. was the family that uh, was kind of taking him in. Huh. And who else? Who are we missing? Oh, the black guy. He was really good in this too. And the girl. Uh, yep, the one uh, in the uh, spacesuit. Yep, that really cool girl who's one of the. She's part of a huge kind of Hollywood family. Uh, Richardson. Yeah, I think she's uh, hmm. Joe Lee Richardson. I think is her name. Not Rainbow. Yeah. Name. Um. Fantastic. It was, yep. why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of uh, what was going on in this uh, flick? Basically, these, um, what are they, they were just um, basically going out looking for the ship. Yeah, they heard. I guess they were, they looked for, they, they heard the they ship was gone. Survivors. Uh, yeah, yeah, they wanted to make sure that the uh, the ship was okay, they hadn't heard anything, and they finally started getting these messages from him, and they said, oh, well, let's go check it out. And what they found when they checked it out was just amazing. <laughs> Bad stuff. Yeah, it was amazing. It was well, scary and, uh, shit. It, it had that good thing about this flick that... Sam Neill knew a lot more than everybody else. Yes. You know, and it's always good when you got one guy kind of, because you know he's keeping shit from yeah. him. Or yeah, what his, he's the mysterious what his guy in the back. There, there. Yeah, you don't know what's going on. Kind of like Paul Reiser and uh, Alien. Yeah. And um, he was the, was he the creator of the ship that yeah. disappeared? Yep. So it had disappeared for, for a good number of years, right? It was like yeah. 10 or 20 years I think it was or something like, like 10, that? 10, 20 years. And yeah. They they decided in the uh, the broadcast. And they didn't know what the hell it was. And I love his explanation too when he's explaining to him the kind of the the time rip that mm-hmm. ha- that happens. And it basically you find out that uh, 
that the event horizon can can create black holes right that it can fall into itself and disappear and disappear own. yeah and so the whole kind of idea behind this is where the fuck's it been right you know and what's it brought, what's back, it brought with back with it, with it? Exactly. And which is even more important too yeah yeah and I love this because it really reminded me a lot of an, or a movie in the 80s that I loved called Leviathan. Leviathan. And it, yeah. and it had a lot of Leviathan qualities. You yeah, know, you rather had that, than the deep sea was out in space. Yeah, it was out in space. Un- and it was unknown area. something that kind of infected, instead of Leviathan, it affected people's bodies. In the this, event horizon, it yeah, affected it, your it, mind. mind. Yeah. yeah, so it was basically going after your worst fears and making you think they were coming true, yeah. essentially. And there's nothing scarier than that, having your worst things come out in front of you and you can do nothing about yeah. it. Yeah. And some of the, uh, <clears throat> like some of them, let's talk a couple of them. So we got, uh, Kathleen Quinlan was yep. all seeing her son. Her son, yeah. And she was really taken by it to the yeah. point where she was chasing him around the ship thinking exactly. he was there. Getting more and more uh, lost. Probably the most disturbing one to me was Sam Neill. Yeah. Uh, because Sam Neill was, was seeing, seeing his, his, wife. his wife kill herself in the yeah. bathtub. Yeah. And that scene where he's in the tunnel uh, yeah. fixing the like and, and uh, electronics. Sudden, and yeah, she's right there. She's right next to him yeah. with her eyes like sewn shut. Yeah. Oh, it was uh, creepy, man. Basically the morgue shot. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, he was seeing uh, something, someone, crew member that got burned, right? That's right, yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, he was constantly like outrunning like this fire and flames and shit like that. Yep. Did we, did we see any of the help. other ones, or did we just hear about them? I think we just heard about the other Because I know the guy from Gotham was the one who said, no, I didn't see anything. I don't want to fucking see anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe Jason Isaacs, but Jason Isaacs had a more important role in this. He was the one who was trying to... Because we we haven't mentioned yet that the, uh, when they went on the Event Horizon, when they finally do find it, uh, yeah. the, what's going on? I mean, the, right. the crew's gone, everything's empty, and yep. all they have is like this... Uh, this one lovely Disney-esque uh, <laughs> audio t- videotape that they find. Playing over and over again. My God, yeah. man. Is there anything more? Once they decipher that video and slow it down, is there yeah. anything more kind terrifying? of horrific and terrifying? No. That it, was the scene. They realize that the, the, this crew has been completely and utterly butchered. Yep. And it's, by, by who, though? By each other. Yeah, each other. And There's that, nothing that was like than that. crazy, like, man. Really? Some of the... So these guys just went that nutty and, and started whacking each other. And I, I can't imagine as a filmmaker having to make that tape, you know, because the stuff in the tape and and a lot of it was like super fast. Yeah. Like the, the editing was super well done where unless you kind of went back and slow mode it, slow uh, motioned it or Mm -hmm. freeze framed stuff, uh, you probably, your mind would play tricks on you of what you actually did see. Right. But the stuff where his, he's pulling his own eyes out and, uh, someone's pulling someone's intestines out Uh, and there's a hand going down someone's throat. throat, I think at some time and Uh. it it was brutal man to see. And Jason Isaacs was the guy who was, uh, kind of deciphering. There was, someone was speaking Latin Mm -hmm. on the, uh, on the tape, uh, Liberate tutte me ex inferis. Oh, Very look nice. at me pulling that one out. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I took three years of Latin. I, All right. I wouldn't All right. have been able to uh, decipher that anyways. But uh, yeah, I think it was deciphered wrong at first, right? It yeah. was like, save me. Sa- save me. And then, it, it and then it, that me. was it. They didn't yeah. hear the end part. And yeah. then not only did they get the save me wrong. It was save yourself. And then the last part they came back with the ex inferis was uh, from, from hell. hell. Yeah. So and it immediately <laughs> put it in your head, and uh, Lawrence Fishburne's like, uh, he's like, and you brought it here. Yeah. <laughs> you brought it here, Doctor. Time, time for this thing to go, yeah. you know. Where has it been? And that was his question over and over again, yep. you know. Where's it been, Doctor? I yeah. don't know. I don't know where it's been. And uh, 
the good doctor, Doctor uh, the Sam Neil character, who, mm-hmm. who Sam Neil has played bad guys before, man. But mm-hmm. uh, he plays a lot of it. Just Kermy, you got two Sam Neil movies. Yeah, on, yes, yeah. I do. Uh, good, good and bad. I, I love Sam Neil, man. Actually, I I can't say that he hasn't always played uh, bad because he he did play Damien. Yeah, yeah. Conflict. Uh, I, Final conflict. Uh, yep, con- I bought it movie. too. I haven't watched it. I I yeah. love that movie. Uh, a lot of people forget about the second and third Omen movies, yep. man. And those, the trilogy, was there a fourth one too? There was, but it was a kid. It was the uh, Conjuring or something stupid like that. Oh, it it's awful. Different. Stay away from it. Yeah, it's a little girl. I like the first three. Yeah, uh, the, the first, first three, three very were good. really good. The and I found three, two I like. and three recently, but I haven't gone back to watch them yet. But I remember my dad watching them uh, like all when I was three a kid. Yeah. Uh, In that order, one one's the best, second, yeah. two second. But the one with Sam Neill, he was like president, right? Yeah. Yeah, or, or uh, he was about president. To become president. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, I'm interested in watching that because I always love Sam Neill, but he got he got taken quite easily in this uh, this movie too. But yeah. even some of the imagery was unsettling, like that core kind of thing that spun yeah. around and yeah. everything. And you get like in that room, there was a whole different level of claustrophobia in this uh, movie. That there's another movie that comes to mind that really did well with uh, claustrophobic uh, stuff, but not as well with like the the overall script. Was that uh, Pandorum? Have you ever seen that no, one? I, seen that. I think it's I think Ben Foster's in it. Is it Ben Foster? But there's a lot of stuff in there where people are like in these close quarter kind of tunnels trying to get through this ship and space and everything. Hmm. And uh there's nothing like space when it comes to horror movies, and I've mentioned this in the past on previous pods that there's nothing like isolation that is scarier. And right. when I think isolation, uh it makes me wonder why there's not as many Western horror movies because it does the yeah. same exact element That's as space point. does. You know, it, it's you're completely isolated. Yep. Depending how fa- far back in time you're doing your Western, there mm-hmm. could be no phones, there could be nowhere to get yeah. to people. No one to and find everything. Help. If someone comes in and just slaughters your horses, yep. you're screwed. I mean, you could do that in uh, the desert, you could do that in the mountains, you yep. could do that on the sea like they have. But Absolutely. Yeah, and, a good Western like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Did you see Feast? No, that was a good one. Was it uh, Western oriented or was uh, it they were in, that the, time in a bar and that? No, there was a newer movie and everything, but it was kind of in that that Western um, area. Um, just a bar that gets yeah butchered by these monsters. It's, Anytime it's where there's a group of people that are stuck there and who can't get out, and mm-hmm. the rescue crew can't come yep. for three days. Yeah, or, you know they're getting picked uh, off slowly. And it's another be fun. good one was we just were mentioning it the other night was uh, Thirty Days of Nights. Oh, you yeah. know when yep. everyone left and you're there by yourself yep. and uh, so sorry. <laughs> Yep, great, but great movie, yeah, great. they're they're stuck on Event Horizon. They're stuck on that dead ship, and they're just trying to get the uh, kind of uh, they use one part of the ship as like the lifeboat or something like that, mm-hmm. where they're just kind of escape. But at that time, Sam Neil goes completely balls out crazy, man. Yeah, he takes over when he's in that room with Lawrence Fishburne, when yeah. the fire guy kind of switches to him almost, yep. and he he just like goes crazy on Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. man, beating his ass. Uh huh. Oh man, how yeah. does it? It ends up with him blowing it up. Does Lawrence end up dying? Uh, I no, think it's I, only the black guy in the uh, in the uh, Jolie Richardson makes it. Yeah, I think. For some reason, I thought Lawrence made it too. It's been probably about a year since I've seen. Yeah, it. I can't remember. I thought I think he blew himself up to blow yes, up. Yes, that's right. Because he Neil. actually he actually has the uh, device yeah. in his hand. He he lets him know he's going to kill yeah. him. Yeah, he had You're a, right. He had like yep. a cool one liner at the end and everything. Yeah, yeah. and then I'm remember really she wakes one. up as if it was a dream. Yes, and then the black guy's like holding his boobs or her boob. Going, it's all right. It's all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that feet, was unintentional, but it, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it did come across weird. I was disappointed. The guy from. Uh, 
uh, Gotham didn't make it because he was kind of the comic relief in that yep. movie too, man. He was funny. Like when, yeah, when it was revealed to him that, uh, that the good doctor put a bomb in there and he's like, wait, I just put her back together. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that, that, uh, black guy, he was good and he was great. And I've seen him in other stuff, but he had a couple good one liners in that movie too. Mm-hmm. When he was outside fixing the, uh, the thing and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about one of the, uh, the best scenes, one of the With best the actors and the best scenes, uh, Jack Noseworthy man scene where, he, uh, he played uh baby bear. Yeah. Remember yeah, he got, yeah, uh, the kid launched out. Yeah, yeah, he's from uh, he was from Idle Hands. He was a guy wearing the yep. heavy metal shirts. I've yep. seen him in a bunch of stuff before. Huh. I, I remember his name because it's so weird. Jack Noseworthy. I, I never heard it so strange. Yeah, uh, it was a good scene though. He gets yeah. like, sucked out of the, the, the uh, airlock. Yeah, and he basically gets his inside crushed. Oh yeah, and they pull him back in, and uh, he's like bleeding he's out the spewing mouth. blood. Yeah. His like veins are like yeah, kind of on blowing the outside, up on the outside yeah. of his skin. Yeah, that that's an intense scene, man. I almost forgot about that one. Yep. But yeah, if you want to really, it, and it holds up, man. If you want, if you find somebody who's a big fan of horror movies and everything dave when dave was living at la mancha which was a uh an apartment complex in in gainesville mm-hmm. where a lot of i i don't know why it i it must have been just word of mouth but there was all the foreign exchange students came to that complex me tell me this. and dave was like one <laughs> of the three americans that lived there and it was weird because there was like the rooms where the german people lived and then the dutch people lived up here and the french people lived down there and they all hung out with each other and they all went everywhere together and cooked dinners together and Dave would have me down there all the time, and it was really fun. And I, I dated one of the Dutch girls for a little bit, and it, it was just a, a good time there. And uh, Dave warped those poor little Dutch people's <laughs> minds by playing Event Horizon for them, Damn. and it really fucked them up. I bet. <laughs> I remember somebody walked in on them, and a couple people had already left, and they were, like, scary shitless of it. So yeah. they went home <laughs> with a new insight into American yeah, horror a couple, cinema. A couple of these movies will do that to you. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Here's one that did it to me. No, I'll go to another one first. So uh, my number three, and this was a, one that was a little bit more fun, but also was uh, Wes Craven, man. And Wes Craven in his prime was uh, 1991's The People Under the Stairs. Nice, nice. Good, the, and this had fun written all over it, Yeah, man. it did. I mean, it didn't take itself too seriously. There were moments where uh, they even had like uh, – that comical uh, sound when someone got hit on the head, yeah, uh, type of thing. But the slapstick humor, yeah, the slapstick bit. humor in yeah. it, and it was a pretty simple premise, you know. That was a, uh, it's that one house on the street that everyone has in in their town that they know to avoid, and you know, weird stuff happens, and there's crazy rumors going on <laughs> in there, and what what people's worst fears were actually true. There was a house on the street where. It was a. They were brother and sister, but they kind of acted like husband, husband and, and wife. wife. Yeah. And what's interesting about this is uh, <laughs> those two actors. Uh, I think Wendy Roby and uh, uh, Everett McGill, mm-hmm. and uh, they played husband and wife in Twin Peaks together. And they oh, really? were in Twin Peaks for like four seasons oh, as that. husband and wife. Huh. And Wes Craven saw them in Twin Peaks and, and cast them cast in them. this no together. Wow. So I had already seen them as husband and wife for a long time, and it was really funny. And Twin Peaks, their characters were great. She got hit on the head. Uh, she got a really bad concussion in one of the episodes, and uh, she started thinking she was a 16-year-old girl. And <laughs> uh, Everett McGill took her to the high school and said it would make him feel a lot better if they uh, let her go back to high school because she can't get the fact that she's not a 16 year old really? girl ever head That's so hard. she joined the uh yeah. she joined the like cheerleading squad. squad she had no like kidding. superhuman strength for some reason it was a strange twin peaks was weird show. yeah it was i know it was so, up there 
so it was great to see these guys come back in these characters, and they really own these characters, man. Huh. I mean, I don't know how much liberty they had to to go, but both of them played it like they did not care. They knew they weren't <laughs> going to win Oscars for this, but they were going to have fun with yeah, the roles, man. definitely. And she played like this crazy mommy dearest type character who was like screaming and yelling at all the kids, especially the young girl, uh, Alice, who uh, went on to do um, uh, My So-Called Life. I guess she was one Wasn't of the main Wasn't she in, um, in um, Carpenter's um, Escape from L.A.? Oh, maybe. I think she was in that, too. Huh. I, I didn't know she, she was enough. Yeah, Check her IMDb. Yeah, because I know she was definitely from my so-called life. Yeah. It's one of my uh, wife's she was favorite in Seinfeld. shows. She was, um, oh, who's she playing Seinfeld? She was the one who had to have the, um, the mentor. Oh, the mentor. Yeah, she oh. had the mentor in that. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do remember Yeah, her. that's her. And then you had the guy who played Roach, who was mm-hmm. one of the guys. In, and we had seen him in other stuff um, throughout um, the my, years. Uh, but little little um, the hockey movie. Oh, uh, Mighty Ducks? Mighty Ducks. Oh, he was in Mighty Ducks? I'm pretty sure he was in Mighty Ducks. Huh. So, yeah, this crazy, weird, wild, evil kind of couple who are actually brothers and sisters mm-hmm. uh, have a shitload of money, yep. all in gold coins in the basement, but they have also have children living in the walls, uh, living in the walls in the and living in the basement. And the ones in the basement are like almost like emaciated, uh, and emaciated, and they're uh, they're all pale like, yeah. and uh, grunting, and they've lost their use of speech because mm-hmm. they he cuts their tongues out, mm-hmm. uh, and he like throws them food and everything. They're yeah. almost like wild pack animals. Well, uh, that he's, he's running around a freaking gimp outfit. They're freaking <laughs> yeah. scared shitless of them. <laughs> it's true too. And he would call Wendy Roby mommy, and yep. she would call him uh, daddy, and it was just, it, if it was taken really seriously, it probably would have been really highly oh, disturbing. Oh, it would have been an X-rated movie yeah. if it took it too much too seriously. Uh, but it had a lot of, and this was one of the first times I had seen uh, Ving Rhames. In a oh, movie, yeah, Because this yeah. was pre-Pulp Fiction when he came on this movie, yep. too. Oh, yeah, well, And it was him and uh, the little kid, I don't know who he, who he was or what he went on to do, Uh but then uh, they have this scheme where what was his name? Fool. Th- that's what I'm talking about. The kid. That, that's one who's not Mighty Duck. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 The kid Fool. Yep. He was uh, right. So Ving Rhames puts it in his head that he that they were gonna uh, they're gonna lose their house mm-hmm. if they don't get a whole shitload of money quick. Right. So he Ving Rhames up in the uh, yeah, boys' coat. He outfit puts, puts a Burroughs Scout outfit on him and he takes the guy and that uh, the other guy that's with him. He was mm-hmm. uh, he was in Christmas Vacation. He was the leader of the SWAT team. Uh, when the, oh, okay. he, says, when he right. told him to freeze, not yep. you, them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so him and uh, Ving Rames go to the house and try to get in, and he says he's like with the electric or the gas company or something like to get in, and mm-hmm. he ends up getting caught, and they kill him yeah. instantly. Yep. And then Ving Rames and the little kid kind of sneak inside the house, and uh, once they get in, that's when the the doors slam shut, and there's no yep. way out, man. I I, screwed. I love the the Rottweiler in this movie, mm-hmm. Prince. I think his name Non-stop. is Nonstop. Yep. And uh, he goes through the walls, chasing him and everything. Yeah. When they shock him, remember he's he's biting onto Ving Rhames' arm, and the little kid grabs the door handle and yeah. it shocks him. The yeah. dog starts convulsing and everything. But it was just nonstop fun after they got into the house, man, because it was just <clears throat> kind of the kid gets dragged into the walls by the Alice character and the character Roach, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of almost slapstick tom and jerry type stuff yeah like when jerry would go into the walls and tom would try to stick his arm in and everything yep. and get bitten get or, bitten or, or the most trapped or something yeah it uh remember the dog ended up dying because uh everett mcgill was like just randomly stabbing through the walls and, he stabbed and everything him. and yeah. stabbed him with like a bayonet or something like yep. that 
thought he had gotten him, but and he gets his own at the end, man. And Wendy Roby at the end goes nuts. That scene where she grabs that butcher's knife and yep. he's like running across at the uh, at at Alice, and then she ends up getting like ripped apart by. I think all the, the kids, yeah, all the kids the, finally the, get yeah. to the surface. Yep. I love them at the end, just like wandering the streets yeah. and everything. Yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're just gonna start eating anything. It was crazy, man. It was one of those wild, wild movies that there was nothing like it, no. probably before a sense too. And it was a random horror movie for uh, for Wes Craven at the time too, mm-hmm. because he had done really kind of dark. I mean, he was doing the Nightmare on Elm Streets. He was doing Serpent in the Rainbow. Serpent in the uh, Rainbow. I, I think. Uh, People Under the Stairs was kind of his first and uh, before Scream, I guess, his first kind of uh, take at like slight comedy here mm-hmm. and there. But it was a comedy, but it was fun, man. Yeah. Did you see it in the theater? Uh, no, I didn't actually. No? I saw that like as soon as it came out yeah. though, on, uh, on tape. Super fun, man. Yeah, very good movie. I liked it a lot. All right, man. What do you got for your number two? I could have put number two at number one, but number one is It was is a flip-flop great. type yeah, of deal? Yeah, but number one just... Too badass. Uh, number two is Nightbreed. Nightbreed. From 1990. I did see this one in the theater. You could tell when you're a big horror fan when Nightbreed's on your list, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, both this place called Midian where the monsters go, and um, bad stuff happens there. Bad <laughs> stuff happens along the way. It's a phenomenal movie. A very underrated Clive Barker, one of the best in the business back then. Um, Absolutely, man. Hellraiser made him huge, and then he kind of had his meal ticket like written for him for whatever he wanted. And yeah, it was based on the book Cabal. Cabal, yep. yep. And uh, that name actually worked into the uh, story. Yeah, this was something that could have went on to do mm-hmm. many sequels too. Absolutely. And, um, and at the end of the movie, didn't... at the end of the movie, the one that we originally saw, yeah, it left it wide open. And then at the uh, end of the the, the, the director's re- cut, the yeah. railway it should have been. Um, they they did the same thing. Yeah, you knew either way this should have had a sequel or Absolutely. five, and for whatever reason they decided or a series. Man, they yeah. have a comic book series for it. Did you know? Yeah, that? I, yeah. I have. Them. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. I have, I have like the first twelve. Have you I read think. them? I don't even know. I've, the first they... four are the, are the movie. Oh, really? Okay. And then so after they... that, it just kind of branches, branches off, off. to wh- uh, where they went. Yeah, and so. that's kind of what I've always wanted to know. I know. Man. Me too. Me too. What What made this movie for me was. Uh, because it was almost two things happening in this movie. Mm-hmm. So you've got those monsters that are living in this kind of, uh, what is it? It's, it's like, a, like a, it's a cemetery. A, it, no, it's a gated community. It's a gated, like. It's a gated community. Yeah, it's I a, guess you could say gated Yeah, community. no, it's like um, a cemetery. It's, With uh, like mausoleums. Mausoleums and, uh, and the big gates. You know, it's it's yeah. really intense. Uh, very um, withdrawn. There's nothing near it. And just rumors throughout yeah, town and exactly. everything that you don't go in there at night yep. and you kind of stay away from that place. But people who have like issues upstairs, they 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 know about this. Yeah, they, they somehow know about it and uh, and are drawn there. In, dr- in exactly. A way. Yeah. yeah. But then the other part of this movie, you've got the amazing and weirdly cast uh, David Cronenberg. Yeah, and doctor. David Cronenberg is a huge director that has done massive movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, he brought us The Fly and. He uh, brought us Videodrome and Naked Lunch and uh, even more like Hollywood movies like Eastern Promises and mm-hmm. the History of... You ever seen History of Violence? Oh, that was a fabulous With, movie. Um, With um, Vigo? Vigo? Yeah. yeah, that was So good, good man. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, Ed Harris. Amazing in that movie. Yeah. But uh, you don't get to see 
David Cronenberg in much other than his little cameos. Like he played yep. the doctor in The Fly that was delivering the yep. cocoon like baby. And he was everything. in uh, Jason X. He was the doctor who was uh, transporting him to the. Um... That's right. I forgot about. It. I blocked most of that movie out too. I like Jason yeah. X. It was really. It was funny. Yeah. It was funny more than anything. It was seen. There's a couple of those. Jason there's a again. couple of those later Jason movies I need to revisit. That it's, kind it's, of... it's still can't audit. Should I revisit uh, uh, Jason Goes to Hell? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that one no. off. This is actually in the <laughs> '90s. This movie, and I, I didn't even put it on my little list here I couldn't, <laughs> even though it's friday the 13th it was, yeah. it was just poop uh so yeah let, tell us a little bit about what cronenberg was actually doing in this movie which is really fucked up man um he was making you could have done a whole movie just just on, on cronenberg that, yeah absolutely he was um basically making uh the boon character the main character think that he was killing people and he was slipping him just enough drugs so he was getting kooky and cronenberg himself was actually killing all these families and butchering them. Ah, and one of the best masks I've yes. ever seen in a horror yep. movie, man. Yep. Such a simple this mask, a sack too. Boy looking mask, it, it but it's awesome. got like these weird buttons, and, yeah. and one of them, one of them is completely a button, and then the other one has a small spot with your eye. Yeah. Now, if I was a serial killer, I would want, I would want both visions. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Very clear to be able yeah. to do it. But there's that that memorable scene where it was just that that average kind of homebodied mom who was yep. just fixing dinner at home and uh, remember her, her kid was at the bottom or the top, top of the, the stairs seeing she saw yeah. something. And, yep. And Cronenberg uh, walks by and then he kind of looks at the kid and he sees him and he walks up the stairs so you know the kid's going to get it. It, it just, he butchered the, the mother and father. Yeah. And, there's, he, and there's several moments they showed during that movie like when he uh, when he tortured that guy to find out where Minion the gas, was. The uh, gas yeah. station attendant, yep. Yeah. Or the uh, the woman who had dropped the pastry on the ground. And yep. Even the woman that he ended up befriending and having sex with. Uh, yeah. And then... Who brought Boone's girlfriend yep. out to uh, Midian. Yep. Very cool, man. It was, yeah. it was really an ingenious idea to kind of take this emotionally troubled kind of guy and really kind of warp his head Uh and blame your crimes on him. It's really yeah. genius when you yeah. think of a, a therapist. I'm not just I'm under not just... under like hypnosis, telling them him and making him. I can't think of a worse thing you could do to your patient. No, really, I'm not just killing these people. I'm making you think you did it, and you're believing this. And, and you're you've got some guilt, this. you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and because Cronenberg's a, a sociopath, he doesn't give a shit. No, uh, he has no. Well, uh, the scene in the um, in the hospital where um, Boone gets taken after he get hit by the car because he overprescribed him whatever. Yeah, uh, li- lithium. Yeah, he gave him lithium. So he walks in front of the truck, gets hit, and he meets this guy in the. Um, in the ER, was one talking, of my, my was, favorite guys in the whole movie. Yeah, man. yeah, he, he's so great. In this. He's he's talking about um um going to Midian and everything, and they start talking. And after Boone leaves, the doctor comes in. And, oh, I'll I'll make sure he has everything he needs. And yeah, you know he's going to torture the guy <laughs> to find out what he's what he's told. Oh um, man, Boone's character that uh that character that uh becomes one of his kind of uh his best friends in the movie, I guess, mm-hmm. that tells him where Midian is and everything, where he takes those kind of knives Thumb, and the thumb blades, the thumb blades and yeah. starts to cut his skull off. His let, me, face. let me show you my real face. Yeah. I've got, yeah, I've got another go face like underneath. Yeah, yeah. They, we can't go like this. Oh my God, that was horrifying. And that yeah. was like, I mean, probably to today's audiences, it would be pretty mild, but in the 90s when this happened, you didn't see this type of violence. Well, you did, but right. it hadn't been since Hellraiser. Yeah. And that was what Clive Barker kind of did. He brought kind of a more gory take to horror movies, mm-hmm. but he, he had a great sense of storytelling that it really worked well with it. Definitely. Uh and what was great for me is once they got to Midian, all these creatures, man. I mean, yeah. you had to have your favorite, man. Who was your favorite? Uh, I like the guy with like the long yeah. braids. I, I uh, kind of like him too. He, man. he was pretty cool. I liked him. He was like a demon, but he had like almost 
like like just that whole dreadlocks. speech he had when yeah. he first met. Uh, he's he's uh, he's meat for the beast. Yeah, and, yeah. And I need meat. Yeah, and he, he lied to you, asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, when he smells them, when he yep. puts his fingers uh, to his, his two fingers to his nose, and I, then the, I the guy smell, with the big I, head I, trying to talk him out of it. But, I can smell innocence yeah. at fifty yards or whatever. A great and line. They all have a kind of almost like a beast mode that they go yep. through. Yeah, yeah. Like an aggression mode where they. And that's, really shows a more terrifying creature that you're already looking at. Mm-hmm. He looked pretty intense just like he was, but then when he his face got it's like actually, his face got like puffed out. Yeah, and, and he blows his like big puff out or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and you realize and that that's the good probably in him coming out. Now he's all out yeah. gonna kill whatever's in front of him. I, I love the porcupine girl man. Yeah was she just was cool. such an intense like outfit and makeup that they had on her. Yep. I mean, in sound effects. Yeah. You know, every you time she moved, you could hear those metal type of quills yeah. too. And I, I think if they knew how popular she was going to be, that I would love to have seen another scene with her. Yeah. Uh, we kind of glanced over that <clears throat> very opening scene where they show the collage of the dream with oh. the Nightbreed kind yep. of uh, logo coming across the screen, mm-hmm. and it was really intense. And, and we talked a little bit about it, but there was a director's cut for this movie that we were not privileged to seeing until mm. very recently. Yes. Uh, a couple of years ago, they released the director's cut. And the director's cut had an extra 40 minutes, mm-hmm. a completely different ending. Yeah. Uh, and I like both versions because, I mean, it's hard not to like the original version. That's what we brought up on. The, and that's yeah, that's we, what we, we brought up on. Yeah, and there was nothing wrong with it, but this one was just... It was more cohesive. It was more cohesive. It was another 40 minutes that they couldn't fit in the theater, but it's something that we probably should have seen. Yeah. Um, For we, me, it was just more Nightbreed, and I'm, and I'm, yeah. I'm great with that, too. Yep. But I've, uh, I've seen the original so many times, and now I've seen the director's cut so many times that I'm kind of losing which one was which now. Uh, to the point where I'm just, I, I think the director's cut is, is great. The only one part that I specifically uh, n- know the difference when it's not there is the thing with the priest. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, at the end where the, he, he brings on, like, yeah, he's like crucified. Back. Yeah. And, um, uh, Cronenberg is crucified at the end of the movie. Yeah. And, yeah the, the priest grabs the priest whatever's grabs in that. Like something and puts it's, it in it's, his it's whatever's chest. in that, that bucket that they were, uh, that, that bowl that they were that's right, that's uh, right. praying out of. And he, he puts his hand right in his chest and where Cronenberg's mouth just drops open. Yeah. And, he's got and like now that. he's supposed to be the, uh, the next god, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Another major thing, and I'm not sure if you were aware or not, uh, you know the Doug Bradley character in this, the guy Pinhead played. He was like the 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 main like elder. Yeah, that yeah. had the eyes uh, that were um, in here that oh, released man, the berserkers. Too. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, the berserkers were great too. The berserkers were awesome. Yeah, the berserkers. Were yeah, awesome. once they started it, going down down yeah. into midi, and you saw the other creepy things. Even though the special effects, uh, the costume yeah. department kind of phoned it in on that one. They were literally wearing NFL like arm, uh, arm shoulder pads, pads and shoulder yeah. pads and everything. Yeah, but. Uh, what was I saying? The uh, oh Doug yeah, well, the stuff with Doug Bradley. Uh, in the original, the old version we saw, they overdubbed his voice. That wasn't Doug uh, Bradley's voice. Hmm. In the new version, they let him do his own voice. Okay. So he went back into the studio and re-recorded no his dialogue, and it sounds so much better better with Doug Bradley's voice. That I didn't even notice when I was watching well, it again. I, I if you rewatched yeah. it, knowing that you would know because okay. there's certain ways that guy said yeah. words yeah, yeah. I, that's I, different now. But I I like it being Doug Bradley. Huh. Why take his voice away from his weird? I can understand right. when it's sometimes if people have a st- too strong of an accent and yeah, but there's nothing it. wrong with his voice. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. He, Strange. He's been in horror for his entire life too, yeah. playing these weird little roles. But yeah. 
I love Clyde Barker, man. So I was with you uh, right from the get go that this was going to be a big one that we yep. enjoyed too. Yep. And it had us written all over it, man. Yep. Like large group of monsters, really violent. Uh, had just an incredible script with it and absolutely world creation you know they created this entire world that seems like even with the director's cut being and i mean it was probably two hours and 15 minutes but it's it's not long enough for how big this world could be Mm -hmm. so i i could see them still coming back to this and doing a series out of it hbo picks this up i just i just don't want them to do a remake i think a remake shouldn't be no they don't need a remake a a sequel even if they did a sequel that'd be okay sequel prequel or series exactly would be completely fine with it the one thing about this this movie kind of most people have two sides of them and this this is like the, the fantasy that this is my, my normal side or this is what I could be. Mm. And that, that's kind of what I liked about it. That the, the idea of knowing there's this other place that meeting where the monsters go is, is my bad side. Mm. I, I go there and that's where I'm bad. You know, that's, that, yeah. that was kind of what these people were striving for. And another element that was interesting with these kind of creatures, and we probably saw 30 40 different creatures in this At whole least, thing. especially when he went downstairs. And we realized there was like three different things that could kill him. Like some of them died by fire, right? Mm-hmm. And what was the other two? Well, sunlight, sunlight, sunlight yeah. fire, and uh, there was maybe another element that Well, they were shooting him at the end. Yeah, I guess they maybe. They were shooting Maybe him. it was like some of them were uh, vulnerable to bullets. Yeah, they, they all had different vulnerabilities. Uh, but it was like a community. Yeah. And I liked at the ending that we that the idea that this was all prophesized before, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me, you know, if the guy with the long dreads and everything, he's the one showing, uh, showing Laurie, the, uh, yes. the kind of pictures on the walls and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, you've seen these pictures since you've been down here. You can't see the image of you biting that guy in the throat. Right. Right why, on the why'd wall. Why'd you do it? Dumbass. Yeah, I know. You knew Thanks. that was coming. Cause he was just hungry. Man. It was crazy. Midnight snack. Yeah. They, they really, the money was really spent well with the uh, the makeup effects and the stuff, but even the human characters they brought in, like Cronenberg, and uh, the cop. We didn't mention the yeah, cop. The cop was he good. was really I good. I liked him a lot. The only other yeah. thing I saw him in was, uh, do you remember the rescue? The one with uh, Skippy from Family Ties and Kevin Dillon, where they had to go rescue their parents uh, overseas. Yes. Yeah. I feel all about that. Movie. <laughs> yeah, that was a fantastic movie. I love that, that movie. He played one of the dads. He played the redheaded guy's dad. Oh no, who kidding. was captured. Okay. He was one of the ones that they had to rescue from okay. the, uh, the huh. prison camp. Wow. Such a great movie, man. I think every time I think Iron Eagle, I think The Rescue because it's kind of the same exact yeah, thing. Yeah, Iron Eagle. That, yeah, that was the time period when we saved our parents and yeah. shit <laughs> <laughs> from stuff. But yeah. yeah, he was really good at it because he was just like ruthless. Him and the his band of like mercenaries kind of uh, yep. militia group. That, oh, they had no problem yeah, going in there and busting well, Weekend skulls. warriors who were dying yeah. to really shoot the weapons at the real things. Oh, but, yeah. But they were stupid and that's what was great about watching like – uh, the uh, porcupine lady seduce somebody or the berserker lady who's just out there topless. Remember, she's like rubbing the yep. blood all over her boobs at yep. one point. Uh, and you're like, yeah. what the hell does this have to do with anything? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> no, we, we not a did, thing. We just need to show you some boobs. <laughs> yeah. it, it's been so, too long. It's in the contract, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Clyde Barker has so <clears throat> many books that have not been adapted yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them that I'm waiting for is uh, more than anything is called Weave World. It was a really amazing book, like huge kind of world that he's created with portals and everything. And uh, it, it was really exciting. And it was one of the uh, ones I wanted to uh, see made into a movie that still has not been. Hmm. There's one also called The Thief of Always, which was like a children's book, but it was like a twisted children's book. Like you you better hmm. be like a mature uh, children if you're going to read it because it was uh, it was pretty evil, but it was only like 160 pages. 
pages and it had some illustrations in it. And so if anyone's out there as a reader and uh, it's not just for like uh, young adults too, it was a great, fantastic book called Thief of Always. You check it out. Uh, really good one. So I would expect that we would still be seeing some stuff from Clive Barker coming out at some point. I should hope so. You know, that, especially since they're kind of revitalizing the careers of a lot of these uh, old school guys to be able to do remakes and everything. Mm-hmm. But I, I like when they, and I feel this way with all remakes and sequels and everything, just be creative about what you're doing. You know, yeah. we do not need to see like the same uh, thing over and over. Yeah. The, the idea of like uh, when they redid Psycho and they did it shot for shot. Who yeah. the fuck wants to see a shot no. for shot remake? Absolutely not. I, I, that's why I love the idea of prequels are just taking it uh, within that universe, but just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, if you take some creativity, I have no problem with you rehashing the '80s because clearly that's what people think that everyone wants, and maybe there is a good chunk of people that do. But right. I mean, I'm also not against you kind of creating a brand new serial killer or a demon or something like that. I mean, there's that's tons, why I love watching ideas the, the Hatchet there. movies. Yeah, the Hatchet. It's a completely different series, and mm-hmm. not often is that created. And they're constantly trying. I think they call them like tentpole movies in Hollywood. Yeah, you'll get something one. That they maybe know two. is going to be big. Yeah, especially with horror, because I mean, how long were those Saw movies going on every yeah. Halloween, man? Yep. And then the Paranormal Activities every Halloween. Now the Conjuring, every Halloween they're coming right. out with, and now they've started the Nun series, and now uh, which is off of the Conjuring and mm. everything. So they're constantly looking for that kind of big thing because that's going to keep them afloat. Yeah, I mean, we had it row. in the '80s. In the '80s, it was the Freddy Friday movies, 13th. Michael's, uh, Jason's, and uh, the random uh, kind of like Pinhead and stuff yep. like that. Yep. So. Everyone's always got their uh, their eyes open for it. So mm-hmm. I mean, they already got my money if uh, if it's good enough, you know. Right. That's not to say that there isn't horror movies I I kind of dislike. If there are horror movies, there's probably a good chunk that you don't like, right? There's probably more that I don't there's like. There's probably like. more that you don't like. That more like. recent ones though. Uh, because yeah. back in the day, we would watch anything, you know, and I have a soft spot for even the ones that I, were kind of I'm bad. definitely more snobby now with my horror. Really? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. I mean, I'll watch, I'll watch the stupidest movies. With the old ones, though, you're snobby, or with the new ones? With the new ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to waste my time. Because at least those. the old ones have some sort of nostalgia they to it. They have nostalgia, it. and they have good acting, and it's, I don't know, it's that campiness to it. There's, yeah. no, there's nothing campy about the new shit. It's true, and that's why uh, that's why the Hatchet movies are good, because yeah, they, they, are they have totally a, campy. Uh, you know, another one that uh, comes to mind that's a, a good one that's not always a what you think when you're thinking balls out of horror is uh tucker and dale versus evil yep awesome one man uh baba hotep and a, a, a perfect one that i've talked about uh, jay's one of jay's favorites it's second, so great second I and you introduced movie. it to it right yeah, yeah. yeah that's awesome man yep. love the movie I, it's one of those movies that i always buy when i see it like a flea market or thing because it's like someone deserves to own this and uh uh, I want to be that person to give it to them, you know? Exactly. Or, or just... I do that with a lot of movies. Exorcist yeah. 3. I just, I passed a yard sale about a month and a half ago and they had a copy of Ghostbusters for a dollar. There was nothing else there and it was a nice looking copy. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I got to have this rather than someone else and I'll, yeah. I'll give it to someone. I feel that way with day. Big Trouble in Old China. Oh, I'm yeah. always snatching Big Trouble in Old China yep. up everywhere I go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great one, man. Thank All right. Who, who's next? That was, uh, that was you, right? You. Yeah. Yep. All right. This is a movie that terrified me in the theater and, uh, it was 1990, and I remember seeing it by myself in the theater, and it it sits with you. It sits with you for a while. Is uh, Jacob's Ladder? <sighs> yep. See, that's the exact reaction you should have for Jacob's Ladder. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can't watch this movie. A lot of people find it really especially difficult. people who are in the military. I'm imagining. Yeah, that too. Uh, but it's really kind of a descent 
into hell almost, uh, or just a kind of glimpse of hell. And I'm going to be a little spoilery here because it's hard to talk about this movie and not uh, give away this fantastic ending. Uh, So I I, I think I'll I'll warn you ahead of time right before I give the main spoiler because I do suggest everyone check out this movie uh, because there are so many great scenes in this movie that are really, really hard to watch and disturbing. I've watched this movie Uh, once. Really? It was with you. Uh, probably twenty. Wow, you haven't seen it ago. since then, no, man. But no. you remember some stuff I, from yeah, it. Yeah, I, sure. de- I definitely remember some stuff from it. Uh, and I'll <clears throat> wh- I'll just jump to a couple of the scenes. So basically, let me tell you before I do that, we've got the fabulous Tim Robbins, who mm-hmm. everyone knows as Andy Dufresne from Shawshank. Shawshank. I think is probably the first thing I can yep. go to that everyone knows. Yep. Uh, but you've got uh, Elizabeth Pena, who is amazing in this movie. You've got. Uh, the uh, uh, Ving Rames. Ving Rames was in the super young. He played one of the uh, military guys at the beginning. Was he really? Yep. That when they started oh. killing each other or uh, dying. Huh. So Tim Robbins is in Vietnam. He's a Vietnam vet, and uh, at the very beginning, we're seeing a flashback uh, from uh, Vietnam, and uh, something happens to his platoon. They're all eating something or something, and uh, everyone starts throwing up, and some of them are start like bleeding out of the eyes. Mm-hmm. And you're not sure what the hell is going on. And Tim Robbins eventually is running through the jungle and he gets stabbed in the stomach with a bayonet. And then all of a sudden he wakes up. And uh, at first this movie doesn't make sense to you. You kind of just kind of go along with it. And he wakes up and he uh, is with Elizabeth Pena and he's like in bed with her. And they they kind of give you a little bit of exposition. You realize that he's kind of estranged from his wife and... One of the one of his kids was killed. Uh, who was his kid? Do you remember who his kid was? Uh, yeah, um, Kevin from yeah. <laughs> Do you even know his name? <laughs> Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin, Culkin, man. Macaulay, super name. young Macaulay Culkin in this movie too. Yeah. Uh, and you find out that he is like a uh, he's a postal worker, mm-hmm. and he's got this really bad back, and uh, he's got a great chiropractor, the the fabulous Danny Aiello in this movie, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of experiencing <laughs> his life, man. He goes and he uh, he gets his back adjusted by Danny Aiello. He goes out with his wife. Uh, he gets his palm red at some point, and uh, some weird stuff starts happening. And I think around that time is when it does. The, the girl who reads his palm says, "You know this is funny." He says, "According to the your uh, your lines." on your hands you're already dead and uh he's all freaked out and everything mm-hmm. and then he starts seeing some weird shit and yeah. one of the most disturbing ones was when they're in the nightclub if you see this movie uh, yeah that thing with with his girlfriend when he's dancing with yeah him, he's yeah literally she oh, is dude i just got goosebumps yeah that it's shit. so creepy and if you watch this movie watch it oh. completely black because they do some yeah. strobe lights during that scene yep. and it's they're showing these flashes of his uh and he's He's watching his girl dance. Dance, yeah. And uh, he's not believing what he's saying. And oh, that was she's dancing with like a demon. Yeah. And she's like straddling the demon's like tail. Yeah. And it's wrapping around her leg, and it's yeah. very sexual and kind of like unsettling at the same time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, he, he's having a hard time, and the strobe light is hitting. The editing in this uh, scene was super good. Yeah. And uh, then suddenly the horn just busts through her, her mouth. mouth. That, oh and it yeah. Just pops out, and yeah. he screams. And yeah. uh, they end Damn. up taking him home, and she's uh, she's like, "Why are you embarrassing me like that? What the hell are you doing?" And everything, and she realizes he's got like a temperature of like a hundred and four. Mm-hmm. Right, that scene where they. Uh, that I was so unsettling. The neighbors come in and everything, wondering what's going on because she's going around to the neighbor's house asking for ice. Yeah, and uh, 
Tim Robbins says, I'll be fine. He's like, no, we can't even bring you to the hospital. They said you'll die on the way to the hospital. So we got to get your temperature down. So they strip all his clothes off and they put him in the, uh, uh, the tub and they like dumping ice in there. He's got like four different neighbors who are over there just dumping nice, uh, uh, ice into the tub with him and everything. And then he suddenly jumps into a flashback of Vietnam again while he's kind of, uh, in that ice and you get to see him, uh, the medics, uh, pick him up from getting stabbed with that bayonet and they're dragging him back and then you get to see that great shot of him being raised from the helicopter and everything but then you when he goes back to kind of the new york stuff with elizabeth Pena, the stuff he's seeing the random imagery that they throw around in this movie like that guy with the shaken head oh in the, yeah in the back of yeah. the car yep. uh but probably the most memorable scene is where he's being wielded kind of through the bowels of hell i guess i would say it on that gurney they uh something happens to him and he's kind of hit by a car and they put him on a gurney and they it starts like in the hospital but then they start seeing the hospital change and he's uh there's remember there's a grate above him and people are crawling on the grate above him and it, you look like he's in like the most messed up insane asylum in the world mm-hmm. but to the point where you're seeing dead bodies laying okay. around and body parts and blood everywhere yep. and uh these this weird doctor is standing over him and everything. And he's asking him questions and uh, everything. And uh, remember they stick that long needle in his, in his 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 temple and his head. And you've got that one doctor who turns around with a needle and he's got like no face. Mm. And it's just weird, man. They're just showing weird. It's just all trippy. It's very trippy. You don't know what's going on. And uh, here's where, if you're uh, not into the spoils in this movie, you want to jump, jump ahead two minutes. Earmuff it. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. And this was what just blew you away with the movie when it all came to it. And you realized that the stuff in New York was not the present. The present was Vietnam. And what was happening was he really, there was this, uh, something happened uh, to his platoon and he did get stabbed. And he's kind of, these are the imagery and the stuff that's going through his head as he's dying, dying. in Vietnam. Yeah. And he's imagining that he's with this woman that he may or may not have been with. Uh, he's uh, seeing images of his son. He's seeing images of hell and demons taunting him and uh, uh, kind of manipulating his mind and everything. And then it just kind of ends with him dying. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, the doctor's kind of putting the pulling the thing over him and everything, and this guy was tough, and he just didn't make it and everything. Right. And you're like, wow, we just saw someone experience what, you know, how the mind works. It's crazy. A lot of people say, you know, right. your dreams might uh, seem like they last for hours and hours, but they're they could possibly only be like thirty seconds long mm-hmm. and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, that point of death like you you hope that there's not that much time kind of that goes from uh by the uh when you're kind of close to death till you're finished with it but it seemed like (laughs) tim robbins went through some hell yeah definitely really but you do get to see him go through some sort of redemption remember when he uh takes macaulay's hand and he goes up those steps yeah like like, he's leading him like he's leading him up the steps and because there were some imagery of some uh, really good stuff, just not as much as the bad stuff. Yeah, the bad stuff really uh, The bad stuff was really messed up, yeah. and it, it gives a lot of people who watch this movie a hard time, man. Yep. So if you want to fuck with your loved one and put a movie on that might uh, trip them out for years to come, Jacob's Ladder might we'll be We're giving you 10 right here, actually. 
<laughs> Jacob Slatter's a good one too, yeah. and uh, it's overlooked by a lot of people, and you don't hear many mention it. You probably see it less mm-hmm. at like the flea markets and I don't DVD see it very stores. often. Never yeah. see it. Man. I'm always checking the DVD yeah. racks. And yeah, certain movies and like horror movies are popular, man. Like yeah. like for your shop, if you those who haven't listened to the last uh, pod, Eric owns a or Eric is a manager of a really uh, fantastic. Uh, that, that's my uh, shop. That's my shop. Yeah, yeah. We all know it's your shop. <laughs> he ain't listening. Take all the credit. <laughs> so uh, fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> he sells shitloads of uh, movies and DVD uh, DVDs, video games, toys, all that. All stuff, the good man. vintage stuff, some new stuff. Uh, awesome but, shop. But you see the uh, Land the horror movies. That come in there. <laughs> yeah, give it, give her a plug, man. No, I got it. I got <laughs> it. They, they heard me. Um, yeah, the horror movies. That's all I really buy right now. It's what really sells out of there. Uh, I, I know that that shit will sell for the next 10, 15 years because yep. that, that's what, what people want to see. Yeah, horror movie kind of lets people forget about their life for a little while. Yep. This is what life could be. Yeah. yeah. What, how bad is your life, really? Uh, are there no other? Are there a lot of people that come in maybe for like Disney movies? I guess there's small niches of uh, uh, just... Marvel and, and um, yeah, Marvel must go pretty. Yeah, bad. Marvel. And... The problem is Marvel catches a pretty penny though. That, yeah. That people yeah, probably but people, don't want to spend. No, they don't mind they spending ten, fifteen dollars on a Marvel movie. Yeah. The yeah. Blu-rays probably go super fast. Yeah. 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 They do. But horror every time. I, yeah. They they call up. I'm like, yeah, I'll do concert DVDs, Marvel, and um and. And horror stuff. Yeah, if, if I'm at a used DVD store or a flea market and everything, I know the horror movie that you don't normally see, mm-hmm. and I'll snatch that up quick. I, I, you can spot like a Doctor Giggles or a Body Parts from across the room too, yeah. and you're like, this should not be oh, here. Oh, Fright Night, yeah. Fright Night Two. You found Fright Night Two at a? No, uh, I'm saying you can see that oh, one yeah, from yeah. across. Oh, the room. that for sure because it's completely white. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's there's no reason for that to be around there. No. If you're lucky, you get people that don't use the internet or know yeah, what eBay is. You get that in my shop. You get that at the flea market. I mean, yeah. I go in, that's one thing I scan all the time is if I can find a horror movie for a dollar, if it's a good one that I know that's going to sell, five dollars is easy. So you're, you're getting five times your, yeah. your money. Because when you go to the flea market, you, uh, you're there half probably for yourself and the other half for the shop. I'm there for myself really first just to find yeah. the, the cool stuff. But if there I, is I love talking to those guys see, too. Yeah. But yeah, I, um, I'll absolutely uh, buy some stuff to t- kind of cut my losses for what I spent there. Because you know your clientele. You know yeah. certain people. And I, I know the that. value of this stuff. I can just scan over something really quick. I got quick guys there. And I can tell you five things that are going to make me money. Throw, yeah. throw my bag. Now the rest of the day is, is basically on me. Yeah. It's, it's all free. So that that's how I like to kind of look at it. It's playing a game, and you're trying to beat these other motherfuckers. Do it. Yeah, yeah there, there's yeah. some scoundrels in this business, and you just want you don't want them anything to do with uh with their them cutting into your business. You got good prices too, man. I go to a lot of DVD yep. stores and everything, and uh, plus you have the cousin discount. Yeah, I got the cousin discount, which is uh, especially good. But but even if I didn't, three bucks per DVD is yep. is good. Two for but, five. Uh, there's a lot of DVDs at like used DVD places where they they want to sell DVDs for six bucks. I'm like, man, yep. unless it's out of print, some are worth it. Some yeah, are worth oh yeah, 15, 20, 50. You know, we've seen those movies. Absolutely, but if it's warranted to that, but yeah. there's no reason Castaway should be six bucks. No, there's, there's so many of those copies out yeah, there. Exactly. Tom Hanks is yeah. a great actor, but he should be a three dollar yeah. movie. Or uh, that, Lord of the Rings. You know how many Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter movies I $3 see? Three dollars all day. Uh, yep. Every time I see them, man. And if you go to the certain flea markets, you'll get them for a buck each because exactly. people are just trying yep. to move those things any of those movies that came out with a widescreen version or a full screen version yeah. they're everywhere they're man multiple. you see so many of those out there mm-hmm. and not only are they bad for collectible purposes but you can get them all over the place so yeah, yeah. It, if you're in it for the money stick with some horror man uh because that'll always kind of uh, that'll fetch a good i'll penny. buy them from you 
Hell yeah. All right, man. What do you got there? This All is your number one. This, this is your is big dog, one. man. Yep, yep. No drum roll. Uh, 1994, we're going to put um, In the Mouth of Madness. In the Mouth of Madness. The great John Carpenter. John Carpenter, man. yep. I love that you put a John Carpenter as your uh, top dog there, man. Yep, had to. Always had been to. a John Carpenter fan. He's the director of my yep. favorite movie of all time. He's the director of my second favorite movie of No, my third favorite movie of all time. I'd have to put Jaws as number two, but number, I would put Escape num- from New York as number three. Number one is Jaws for me, too. Yeah. Uh, I put I put your Jaws Big Trouble. Jaws number two for me. But... Big Trouble's probably. Uh, right around that yep. area. I mean, I love Big Trouble in China yep. too, but In the Mouth of Madness, ah, that's great, up there though. And not only in one of your favorite horrors, but uh, probably uh, on, in your favorite movies too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's probably my favorite horror movie. Too. Is it really? It's that and Jaws. Yeah. Wow, this that's, movie really, that's really great, man. Yeah, I love this movie. Uh, I love this movie uh, just as much as you. Not maybe not just as much as you because I I don't it wouldn't be my favorite one, but it's mm-hmm. up there on mine. It's probably in my top ten. Yep. I would put uh, Prince of Darkness over it uh, just slightly. Because Prince of Darkness Prince is of Darkness, a little man. scarier, I think, but yeah. this movie just had a nice nice way to it's it. It's got a nice feel, man. Yeah. I, I love John Carpenter anyways, and uh, it, it's got John Carpenter written all over it, man. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this twisted movie? Because it reminded me, when I watch it, uh, it reminds me of uh, part, what what's great about... Nightmare on Elm Street movies when they're working really well, mm-hmm. that kind of uh, especially when they're in Hobbs End, you know, and, she, and you you've, got, you've got like the grandmother from uh, Happy Gilmore, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't know what the hell is wrong with her and everything. Mm-hmm. The it's, Marble it's disturbing, from man. It's it's got some really disturbing stuff with it, but yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, so once you tell, we got some great actors in this movie yep, too. You got you Sam Neill, uh, uh, David Warner, yep. uh, who I really love. You also got that great guy from uh, Gremlins Two. Who runs the mental institute uh, in in the mouth of madness? But he was the one that owns the big company. In, John Glover. Uh, yeah, John Glover. There you go from uh, Payback. He yep. was great in Payback yep. also. Yeah, he was really good in that too. Um, so yeah, it's basically once you read this book, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. there you're, it is. You're, synopsis. You're, you're number one. <laughs> that that's that's a synopsis. end of story. Once you read his books, uh, the, you get further and further down the, the yeah. crazy trail. In uh, they're basically trying to figure out where this guy went. This Sutter gain. Who they've actually hired Sam Neill to find him. Yeah, uh, great Charlton Heston. Yeah, I forgot. Yep, the, the yep. He's real the head big of, dog. He's, in this he's movie. the head of the, uh, b- the so publishing company. So surprised they got him for this movie too. Yeah, it seems it's a bit. Like, it's a bit role. Yeah, but yeah. he seems even more above it to to do a horror movie yep. like this. I can't remember another horror movie did, unless you technically call a Mega Man a horror movie. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a great movie yeah. too. I like that. I was just talking about just now. I like that more than I Am Legend. Yeah. Oh, way more. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. even a comparison. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Will Smith fan, you know. It's yeah. it's weird. It's a Scientology I, thing, maybe. I, is is he a Scientologist? I believe so. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah no, I, it's like I could the movies that I do like by him, I like him, but it's just there's more I dis- dislike about him. That concussion movie is awesome. Do you ever see that? No, I'm sure it's really pretty good. good. Movie, I, I don't really want to watch it because it's yeah. shining more light on, on football. <laughs> on football yeah, as yeah, I'm yeah. watching football <laughs> in the background. Yeah, yeah. but. It, <clears throat> Uh, in the mouth, madness had some really, really trippy, trippy stuff, mm-hmm. man. Some, Brutal stuff. Some is this a dream or is this not a dream? Yeah. Not knowing exactly what's real and what's not, and yep. it, it really did it in a great way with the audience kind of being in Sam Neill's shoes. You know, yeah. you were kind of you were he was seeing things that you were like, what, what's going on here? And he has it no kind idea. Of started either. out at the be- at the end, right? Yeah, and then we kind of worked our way back to what was happening. But yeah. him at the very beginning was crazy, man. Yeah, where they put him in that that padded room and what seems like uh an hour later he's already written, drawn cross 
glasses all on over himself. his self yeah, and, his the, and the entire cell. The entire room. I mean, how many crayons yeah. you go through with that? Thing? Yeah, I know. That, that was not one crayon. No, no. I remember he asked. He wanted one request. He had one single like uh, black cray- uh, crayon. It was like yeah. bullshit, man. Yeah, exactly. I was done with about thirty of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about the speed of those either, but some production assistant went nuts on that room. Yeah, that's for sure. Definitely. <laughs> and then he's basically telling the story to <clears throat> David Warner, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Who's my favorite role with him is still Time Bandits, without a doubt. Oh, I haven't seen that in so oh, long. Oh man, he was the bad guy, man. Was he really? He was the real evil guy. Huh. Yeah. All right. He says, if I was in charge, slugs out day one. Yeah, I loved him. He's in a lot of stuff. He was great in uh, Waxwork. That's another great horror movie. Oh, with that, um, uh, uh, Zach Gillian. Zach Gillian, yeah. Yep, from Gremlins. And the uh, guy from Twin Peaks, man. I, I loved Waxwork. That's another one people forget mm. about all the time. Yeah, that's a good so, movie. So, yeah, he's basically telling Sam. Uh, Sam Neill's basically telling him his story. In it. And Sam Neill plays the ultimate skeptic, you know. Uh, through this whole thing, he does not want to believe in anything. Through this whole thing, he thinks this is a publicity stunt. Right, right. And uh, it starts out like slow with him just like reading the the other Sutter Kane books, right? Yeah, because those weren't the ones affecting him. No, right? no, it was the deeper you got into him. Like if you if you read the first couple, it didn't. It kind of twisted your mind a little yeah. bit. But the the more you read of him. The worse your brain got. I love when uh, he's having lunch and uh, yep. with Bernie Casey, and then uh, from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna get you, sucker. Yep. And then the the, uh, the madman who turns out to, to be, be the, like his he's the agent. agent. He's the uh, Sutter, Sutter, Kane's Sutter Kane's agent. agent. Um, breaks through the window and uh, jumps on the table. He's got and a sits huge there with a huge axe. axe. Yeah. And uh, what does he say to him? Says, Do you read Sutter Do you read Kane? Sutter Kane. Yep. And that was his yep. great, great line, man. And. Uh, yeah, then it just went off from there. And uh, some of my favorite scenes, like I said, once they he, he pits him, puts him with that one woman who was the evil, uh, she was the vampire Friday, Friday from Night Fright Night 2, and she yeah. was amazing in that, too. Yeah, she was good. Uh, I don't know whatever happened to her. She had a great start with some serious horror roles Two there, too. Two good movies right there, yeah. And uh, they had that crazy scene where she's like walking backwards on yeah, the street. Yeah, upside down. Upside down, just creepy as hell. Yeah, man. she kind of poked around the side of the uh, car door. So yeah. he doesn't trust her at all, either. And No, uh, he thinks it's all the publicity. Uh, she thinks... She's in on the whole publicity thing, so he doesn't believe anything yeah. she's saying. Yeah, and then he figures out. Remember, he the scene where he figures out that the covers of the Sutter Kane books were actually a map. All, all the map, yeah. yeah. So it's cutting them out and everything. Puts them up against. Was it Maine or New Hampshire? Or something I think it was like New that? Hampshire. Yeah, I think it was New Hampshire. And yep. He just put it, did like an overlay, which he thinks, oh, this is where Hobbs End would be. Mm-hmm. And so they decide to drive there, man. And there's that great scene where they're driving at night. And the car just starts floating. It just starts floating in yeah. the air, man. And then yeah. that you see the wheels touch the bridge, the covered yeah. bridge road. Yeah. And then when it goes over, when it goes from night like night uh, to day, and he like wakes a, up. A snap like, of a finger. Oh, man. you got us here. Yeah, good job. Was his name Styles? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Good job, Styles. Good job, Styles. <laughs> And then uh, from that point, it was just crazy, man. Mm-hmm. And she had read parts of the book, right? Yeah. And yep. so she knew, uh, and even he knew somewhat like uh, things were happening and locations were such that he was like, I know if I look out this window, and there's going like, to be a church there. She's like, no, but you, that was in this part. Of it. And she turns to the other window and it's yeah. look, facing east instead of west. And there's the, the uh, chapel they're looking for. Yeah. And he get, he keeps getting proven wrong, man. Yeah. And uh, she keeps telling him this is not a scam. This is really happening. And uh, there's that great scene where, where they he's... go to the church, and yep. uh, the guy from uh, the guy who played uh, Ghostbusters too, yeah, right? or and he played uh, Charles Makem Diggs. He was yes, uh, and he was also in um, yeah. uh, Die Hard. Yeah, the first Die Hard. He had one of my uh, who was he in the first Die Hard? 
He's one of the uh, random slugs. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. One of that. the guys setting shit yep. up. Uh, he had one of my favorite scenes where he's, and it's a, such a great telling line when he's in the bar and he puts the shotgun to his head. This, he's like, this don't is, do this. Yeah. It's like, there's nothing it's already I can been do done. about it. I've, this was how it was written. Yeah. You know, and yeah. we haven't even talked about Sutter Kane, the great Jurgen Prochnow man, yeah. who is always plays kind of that creepy guy. I loved him in uh, Judge Dredd. He was oh really yeah, really good. Judge yep. Dread yep. and uh, Das Boot. If anyone out there craves a four-hour-long German subtitled uh, submarine movie, that <laughs> well, we're putting Eric to sleep. Now, it was a really fantastic movie. If you're into that, like uh, that type of thing, man. Mm. If you're like uh, Crimson Tide and uh, Hunt for October, Das Boot's like that to the max. Hunt for October is not bad. Yeah. It's two two hours and what twenty minutes long. Yeah, if that's, you're not that's... into long movies, yeah. especially subtitled movies, it's yeah. certainly not your jam. But me and Dave are big fans, and he was the main. Star of that movie so he's mm. been around for a while man yep. but he he's got a creepy look to him man he, uh for sure yeah and he's he's ripe for horror and john carpenter knew it and stuff. there's that one this. scene he's behind the two double doors that just keep on slamming and opening right oh, in yeah. front of him that that's a great scene right there yeah so at some point you he he really kind of shows himself to sam neill sam neill is kind of going through this world one of the other scenes that really kind of makes me and that's probably why my mind makes me think a little bit of nightmare or um a nightmare on elm street is that scene that repeats itself over and over again mm-hmm. where he drives the car and it stops in front of the crowd and yep. it comes back and it does it like five times in a row yep. there was a similar scene in like i think nightmare on elm street five oh that, that yeah they did that and and it just really reminds me of that mm-hmm. but uh the idea that uh Sutter Kane is actually using Sam Neill to get the manuscript back to the real world. Exactly. And you see, like, the rip from, like, almost like a book of Sam Neill. And that scene actually reminded me of Hellraiser. Remember when she's running down the hallway with the creatures following her? Very similar with Sam Neill's going down that hallway with the creatures following him, man. It was really, really He sticks the uh, style's face in the book and her eyes start to bleed. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that scene. That was kind of good And that that great ending where he just, he walks out of the the institute and everything and... uh, he, he, goes in, uh, he goes and uh, watches. Yeah, well, before that, yeah, Charlton yeah, Heston right, yeah. has that great line and everything. And he's like, well, I'm glad I got this back to you and everything. And uh, he's like, uh, no, you, you delivered it last week. Yeah, you delivered it so. last week and everything. And Or, uh, yeah, last summer or last spring or something. Yeah, like that's that, right. Cause, yeah, that's right. He's like, I, three I, months ago. It's going to drive people crazy. He says, I hope so. The movie comes out in, uh, next week or something. Yep. And then you... What's, tell us about that end sequence, man. It's Where he just, just goes brutal, in the movie man. and he, he sits down and watches the uh, He's watching, watching himself the movie. go through shit that we've already seen. And he in the just movie. starts laughing hysterically. Like an unbelievable yeah. laugh. And like he starts crying. Yeah. He actually starts crying. He's laughing so hard. <laughs> and the world's tearing itself apart, which yeah. was always the plan in the first place. And exactly. It's really, when you come to that end of the movie, it really makes your brain go back and think. Uh, of, it's kind of your synapses are firing and all the stuff you saw right. and everything and how everything is actually connected. This is absolutely one of those movies you have to see like four or five oh, times yeah. to truly appreciate. And, and, and I'm on like 10 or 15. I can watch this movie once a week and still and still find get something a little else element, out of it. Yeah, yeah. That you didn't notice. Or just be totally entertained by it. There, yeah. There's not a dull moment in this movie. Great music to it. Yep. If you have the Blu-ray too, it's a really interesting commentary because uh, – John Carpenter usually does commentaries with like he does amazing commentaries on Big Trouble in China, The Thing, and Escape from New York with uh, with Kurt Russell, but he's done a bunch of them. And this one he did it with the lighting guy, 
And mm. and so he does the whole commentary with the lighting guy talking about how he lit it and everything. But he <laughs> he's still he's, he's talking about interesting stuff through the whole thing. And I can right. listen to I can listen to John Carpenter read the phone book really because he's he's just that. Yeah, there's, there's some guys like that definitely. And, uh, Brad Doris one for me. Yeah, for sure. he, he's really really cool. But this ends with like all Jabber and Carpenter's uh, movies have fantastic music, man, yep. and it ends really well. The music through the whole thing is great, but it has that great end mm-hmm. kind of sequence and. I agree with you. It's definitely up, upper echelon, and it's one that uh, Scream Factory just uh, hmm. purchased too. So there we go. You know, you're gonna have to buy that Blu-ray when yep. it uh, rears its head at the store or wherever oh, yeah. you Take see it. Take my money. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic one, man, and uh, it's a good pick. Sam Neill, man, mm-hmm. has he been doing some stuff lately? I haven't seen Sam Neill. I haven't in seen Sam Neill in forever, man. Time. I'm not sure what the last Sam Neill movie I even saw. He's about. probably got enough money that he's yeah. Well, I and he's it, done you know. great stuff. I loved him yeah. in hell. I loved him in Jurassic Park. He was perfect yeah, in Jurassic Park. Definitely. I loved I, him. In I Dead thought Com. he was going to be in the new one. I thought they were putting him in the new one. Not that I know, but I haven't seen the latest, latest. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. I think oh, maybe he, he was. I know that they brought Goldblum back yeah, for Yeah, I think he was just in it a little bit during like a Senate hearing or something okay. like that. But, but still, just to see him, yeah. that'd be kind of cool. Have you seen Deadcom with him, with him and uh, Nicole Kidman and Billy Zane? Mm, no. Where they're all trapped on the boat? No. Nope. Oh, man. Oh, Deadcom. Yeah, 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 Dead yeah, Com, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. They, they found his boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good yeah, movie. Yeah. That was a very low-key three actors ruled that movie. I saw that the uh, first time in the middle of the night with no volume. Really? Yeah, a long time ago. Interesting. I, just downstairs watching, like, what the hell am I watching here? <laughs> And it creeped me up pretty bad, so I had to um, record it like the next time I was on. I watched it. I'm like, Damn. one of my favorite Nicole Kidman movies, man. She was really, really good. Yeah, because I didn't like much she did, really, unfortunately. No, I didn't, see, I didn't first... see the others. So. Yeah. I love the others. I didn't see oh, that. Oh, it was so. really good. Know, Just for I've the heard ending. It was really good. The, the the movie was pretty slow and kind of bland. It had a couple good scenes here and there, mm. but the ending was like mind blowing. Okay. Like, holy crap. Yeah. Uh, so it was almost worth that. Okay. All right. Well, my number one. I'm gonna finish with a movie that I know we're both uh, we're both big fans of. And I was working at the video store when this movie came out, so I was uh, I actually got a screener copy of it like three months before the movie was released. And this is 1995's Lord of Illusions. Nice. Man, and so this was also some uh, uh, Clyde Barker. It was Clyde Barker, right? Lord yeah. of Illusions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, this had an all-star cast, man. And it had uh, Bacula. Bacula, who you would never think would be perfect for this role, but he was actually really good, man. It was very different from the roles he's played. Famke Janssen. Uh, Famke Janssen, man. And uh, that's how you say your last name, actually. No. Janssen. Uh, no, no. You, can, you don't Jensen. agree with that? No, 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 no. I see a J. That's what I'm going with. Tomato, the French, tomato. <laughs> no, no, the uh, Dutch. She's, like, super famous. That's, like, the, the most famous Dutch actress. I used to, cause I told you, I used to date uh, a Dutch girl, and we knew a lot of uh, Dutch people. And I was, uh, and they were fascinated with, like, Hollywood and stars and everything. Hmm. And they were always talking about Famke Janssen. She's like a, uh, like a hero over there or something. So I mean, she's done enough stuff, so she's great. Uh, but she was fantastic in this. Uh, Kevin J. O'Connor was in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was before he he went through a phase where he lost a shitload of weight. I'm not sure if he got sick or not. But do you remember when he showed up in the Mummy? Oh, and yeah. he was like emaciated yeah, almost. Yeah. So you're like, oh shit, that's Kevin J. O'Connor because he he kind of always looked before that. He looked he was always a little weird looking. Yeah. But he always looked like he did in Lord of the uh, Illusions or uh, Canadian Bacon was another great uh, one with him in it. Deep Rising, uh, which you said you hadn't seen. He was in that. Yeah, I, I know I've seen it once. I just have to rewatch it, too. I love Treat Williams, so I'll yeah. have to check that out it's again. It's definitely a good one to check out. Uh, but, yeah, with Lord of Illusions, 
uh, really my favorite person in this, and he gives me nightmares uh, to this day, was Daniel Von Bargen as Nix, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really creepy. Have you heard about, I don't know if anyone, uh, I missed Daniel Von Bargen already, and he's only been gone for a a short period. Did you know he was dead? No. Uh, He about a year ago, he tried to commit suicide. He no shot himself in the temple. He was—he had bad diabetes, and he had already lost one of his legs. Wow. He was out of movies for a while there. This yeah. was after Seinfeld, because you know he played George's oh, yeah, yeah. boss. He was um, hilarious Kruger. in it. Kroger, yeah, yeah. I love the uh, the Festivus episode. Of course. It was one of the best. Or when I, he's I gotta, like spinning around in that chair. Look, look, George. I three cool, times, uh, no fe- feet. I got a cool Festivus uh, toy. <laughs> pretty badass. I can show you that after. But apparently, Daniel von Bargen had some really bad diabetes and lost one of his legs and was about to lose his toes mm-hmm. on his other thing and he Damn. called 911 and he said he couldn't deal with it and they actually have the recording Ouch. of it that you can pull up and I don't suggest anyone no. to pull it up no. but he uh, he shoots himself in the temple he doesn't die okay. he actually stays alive for uh, another year and yep. then kind of uh Succumb to his uh, his injuries afterwards, but it so was he a really himself, but yeah, long it just yeah, it didn't. It that, didn't that's work almost, out. I hate to say it. it's almost like a karma thing. But you yeah, try to kill yourself you you and... can hear the cops on the call trying to talk him out of doing Ouch. it and everything. But he yeah. just he just didn't have it into him to do another surgery and everything. Right, but right. obviously, it was a cry for help. He wouldn't have called the cops. Yeah, uh, or nine one one. So it was it was sad. But he he put out a body of work that was really fantastic. Yep. He was in Malcolm the Middle for the yep. longest time. He played yep. the uh, uh, the guy that ran the military institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always loved Daniel Von Bargain. He was in uh, Super Troopers. Super Troopers. Fabulous yeah. in Super Troopers. Yeah. And uh, just really funny. He knew that deadpan comedy. Like He, he had, had those eyes. Out. He just knew how to deliver. And, and I'm going to look he, at you and you're going to laugh. Oh, yeah. yeah. He had a seriousness to him. Yeah. I, I really, when I think of him, another person, another actor that's very similar to him is Michael Ironside. Yeah. You know, he has that yeah. same type of uh, kind of attitude. Almost and, a look, and, too. And creepiness. Yeah, yeah. He has that stare. Yeah. But he and he used that so much in this role man yeah. so he played Nix who was like this crazy cult leader who had the followers were almost creepier than him man yeah. and they were willing to do whatever they whatever want whatever you want yeah the, the movie started off really great with I, I love movies that start off like in the middle of something that's going yeah. on and the audience has to kind of quickly figure out what's yeah. happening no boring build up here just no not at all here we go and so you realize that Kevin J. O'Connor has showed up with two other people and they're going to try to kill the cult leader mm-hmm. who is doing horrible things and he's actually kidnapped this young girl. Mm-hmm. And so their idea was we're going to save this young girl. We got to stop Nix from doing whatever he was going to be doing with these kind of uh, his followers and everything. And it, and it kind of goes badly. He has like this these magical powers and he kind of infects the kevin j o'connor character he actually puts his hands in his skull remember Mm -hmm. and uh which kind of transfers a little bit to him and allows kevin j o'connor to do magic but actually do the magic really uh and everything and he saves this girl's life and he actually Famke Jensen. Uh, Famke Jensen. <laughs> uh, this wasn't even her yet. This was the younger version. This was the younger version. Uh, and they they bury Nix. They put this crazy thing in his mouth. They mm-hmm. put this crazy thing around his eyes. That are, that's It's like a mechanical device that kind of locks to his skull. Yeah, it's supposed to make him so he can't do anything. Yeah, uh, he can't talk. He can't uh, say anything. What do they call or... that when they do it to, to like a witch? There's a uh, word for it. Oh, they, really? Yeah, they, they just can't. They're they're almost just um, cutting them off, so they can't do anything. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm it's drawing just, a blank. 
but then they bury him to the ground where no one else knows where they are, where mm-hmm. he uh, lives except for the other two people where they was uh, where they uh, where he was uh, buried in the desert someplace. And uh, his followers just kind of disperse and yeah. they go back to regular life yep. and everything. One of the yep. most disturbing scenes. This also oh, had a great. Yeah. It's also had a great director's cut in it too. And huh. then, uh, so then comes in Scott Bakula, who's like this private dick who uh, who's just investigating all this uh, random stuff. I think he's more of a uh, chase the uh, the cheating wives and stuff around mm-hmm. or something like that. And he finally gets this big case where he's going to uh, figure out, uh, I think he's hired. Is he hired from, uh, I think he's hired, he's hired by Fonka yeah. or, or that man. He's hired by, kinda, uh, he's hired by a man servant. Yeah, that's right. Home. Yeah. And you actually go and see Kevin J. O'Connor's like magic show and everything, and something goes wrong, and the swords start flying into yep. him and everything. I mean, and he gets killed in front of everybody. He gets killed in front of everybody. Yeah. And then, but, uh, Something doesn't sit well with Scott Bakula. He's like that skeptical kind of uh, detective through this whole thing. And he's mm-hmm. he just gets a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper to what's going on here. And you realize that Kevin J. O'Connor is actually living and uh, married to the Famke Janssen, uh, the girl that he saved from, mm-hmm. from Nick's. Right. Uh, but then you've got this one character named uh, Butterfield who's actually Nix's right-hand man who's desperately trying to find out where Nix is buried so mm-hmm. he can bring him back to life and uh, get the cult back moving again after all this time. Bring the band back. And bringing the band back together. And that that will bring us to the scene, man, where uh, all the cult leaders are, uh, all the cult followers are actually called to come back and get ready for yep. the resurrection of Nix yep. uh, because they know it's like inevitable that they're going to find his uh, location soon. Mm-hmm. And what do they do man it's it's just insane where they it's like it's done in like a collage too yeah and they, i think it's done just like a cool soundtrack or they, something like yeah that. they show the woman uh basically up and kill her whole family right yeah and, and a lot of it's the aftermath like yeah, you're just seeing yeah. them pack yeah she's just but there's wash, dead bodies she's just behind washing them. her hands yeah. and everything washing the knife and she she butchered her whole family and they're yeah. all dead they have the guy the who was table. like a postal worker who came yep. home and you could just see his dead children behind him yep. on the ground as yep. he's packing his bag and he's leaving so like uh, lack of emotion and like this family that, that they've kind of built since Nix has been away means nothing to them like no. completely nothing nope. that they will don't, slaughter them don't forget the scene where they go and try to find one of the girls who went to the um, uh, Nix's compound at the uh, mental asylum. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, oh, we got we got to go find him. And she's like, he, he's he's coming back. Yeah, he's coming back. And she sees this guy just randomly digging a hole. She flips out and she runs out in front of a freaking uh, Mack truck. Yep. She would rather be completely dead, Boom. done, than have to relive that before too. Yep. Because they already got the black guy too. Remember, Butterfield uh, tortures him by yeah. putting like needles in his face and everything, and he, he yep. didn't give anything up. That's no. why it's kind of frustrating. I guess the manservant uh, for Fomka is the one who finally gave it up. Yeah. Uh, that uh, where his location was. Right. Stupid because they he literally uh, digs him up. And if you if we thought Nick's the Daniel von Bargen character was scary at the beginning, yeah. Man, when he got he gets those mechanical things removed from his face, and his whole face is like almost the spots where they were like bleached to the bone yeah. almost and it gave him this creepy look and he had that weird like sphincter thing going on in his forehead yeah there's something going on up there that just wanted to wave to everyone <laughs> yeah. actually I, something dude, came out of it too. i honestly think that was swimming around in my freaking kombucha the other day. <laughs> that was pretty nasty <laughs> yeah so the he 
brings all the band back together, like you said. Remember that they're they're breaking glass on the ground and kind yep. of like falling on the glass and doing like that trash can man, mine for you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> type of deal. And then it just starts raining in that room. And then he and... fucks them all over, man. Yeah, he's yeah, like, none them. of you are worthy. <laughs> Only Swanee is worthy yeah. of my knowledge yeah. and everything. And the, he just makes he, it rain. He in that opens room. the yeah the the rain starts pouring down and the uh the ground the turns ground. to like uh, mush. Yeah, and they all kind of slip into the floor and then at some point it hardens again but yep. they harden with one of their hands still sticking, sticking up out, one guy's face. face is still yeah. halfway up and he's like clutching for air it's and everything brutally gory it's brutal man so awesome. it just comes down to this final fight where uh <clears throat> where swan has to fight the nicks character but you've also got um scott Bakula there is way over his head who mm-hmm. doesn't know what the hell is going on he's just trying to play catch up through the whole movie right trying to see uh, no one's being completely honest with him what's going on and by the time it hits the end he has no clue what he's up against but uh, it, it's brutal but it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun man definitely a lot of fun and this was major when it came out and I, I don't think no i did see it in the theater i saw it in the theater but then it was something i was super excited to see when it came out on video too and hmm. even more excited when it, uh it turned out to be a screener those those of you who didn't work at video stores in the 80s and 90s <laughs> a screener was like a copy that the the store got for the owner and the manager and the employees to watch to kind of the idea behind much, it was to kind of you want to buy yeah how many copies mm-hmm. did you want to own and everything and they would even take input from us like do you think a lot of people would be interested in this movie we'll own it we'll buy a couple extra copies because nothing was more annoying than working at the video store where they only ordered like two copies of something well, like that gonna be big like and that. You, you knew you right. once if you didn't get it that first day you knew you had to wait at least a week before someone returned it and mm-hmm. some video stores would put you on a list and some wouldn't it was just a big pain in the ass man mm-hmm. we don't have to deal with that shit anymore thank god this was another one that got a great scream factory release though that has commentaries on it making of it and everything so hmm. definitely check out lord of illusions it's it's a little bit easier to find than some of the other movies on here but it's still it's gonna cost you like 10 or 15 dollars to be able to get it well but worth I, it though yeah i see the dvd every once in a while uh mm. floating around i have a uh i think i have the blu-ray of it uh though i might have the dvd also though but it's, I, I think i have both it, it's fantastic it's really really good Definitely. And, uh, a surprising cast that worked out really really well mm. not any huge people because even Fomka wasn't even huge at this point no i think she had already done goldeneye maybe goldeneye yes but she hadn't done like the x-men movies yeah no it's, not it's the mk jensen did not listen to him he didn't know what the hell he's talking about <laughs> uneducated <laughs> were there any other like uh honorable mentions that you uh oh, there's a ton was there a couple yeah. like give us a couple that uh um, close to making your list that didn't just a great movie was Sleepy Hollow. Ah, I, mean, I love Sleepy Hollow. It was man. it was definitely there. Um, very Tim Burton. Very, very Tim, Tim Burton. Burton. Gr- a lot of great people. Like, yeah. You know Johnny Depp and um, Christopher Lee. Christopher uh, Lee, man, great great actors in that movie. Um, End of Days. End of Days. Really that was another great one. Mention that was like Arnold had done some like uh, ho hum ones for a little while yeah. there, but when he came back with this one, Th- this one, Kevin was really Pollock good. was yeah. uh, Gabriel awesome. Byrne. Gabriel Byrne, man, is the awesome. devil. Yeah, man, it was yeah. creepy. When he came up and just kissed that girl in the uh, in the restaurant, yeah, you knew the level of kind of uh, intensity that and he had. And he walks out and boom, yeah. the whole place. Oh, um, crazy. Blair Witch. Oh, the Blair Witch. Yeah, we talked. Dave picked that for his uh, his witch movie, man, and that was so well done. Such a uh, a minor kind of production for what it made off of that thing. Too. It wasn't much. Scared to everyone it. too, uh, man. I told my mother it wasn't scary, and she watched it, yeah. and she. 
pretty pissed yeah. me for a while on that one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it was particularly scary. I don't know that guy. The guy screaming in the woods when he disappeared. Yeah. you knew his tongue was missing and oh, shit. She was like, more freaked out about the end with the of the uh, end. The corners, that that you know, hit a lot of people. Yeah. That hit a lot of people hard, man. They didn't expect it to happen. No. Even though you probably should have seen it coming, uh, because of them talking about the legend and everything and mm-hmm. what would happen. It it kind of seems like it. It should have been more obvious. One of the ones on my list was uh, Screamers, man. And that's one Screamers, that yeah. one that no one sees, that man. I forgot no, about that. Uh, Peter Weller. Uh, Peter Weller, man, yep. and that was a great thing that you could not trust anyone, and that that's always a great element of horror movies. Who can you trust and who can't you trust? Who is the enemy? Exactly. That's why the thing worked so well, you know, because yeah. you couldn't tell who the bad guy no, was no. until you, it was too late. Yep, he yeah. was right on top of you, eating you. So and there's there's so many great elements that make good horror movies, you know, like complete isolation mm-hmm. uh lack of individuality that you don't have always for me growing up was uh losing that individuality like uh like when you become a werewolf and you yep. the idea that you might not come back from that yeah and, you and have who that, you are you have now. a totally alternate yeah. personality and they even take that uh far away where in depending what van or werewolf movie you're you're talking about where people know what they're doing or then there's other ones where they have no clue they what have no doing. recollection what yeah no done, recollection yeah. like yep. american werewolf in London comes to mind where yeah. he had no idea he just woke up naked people. Yeah, he just woke up naked in the uh, in the zoo man he didn't yeah. know I did until yeah. the Griffin Dunn character had to visit him and saying hey you did all this shit so. more and more decomposed each time <laughs> yeah, such, a great, that's such a great movie there yeah. too man one of the best transformation scenes ever <laughs> but that was a good one man I hope you enjoyed the 90s man we're at, next time I'm up here we'll, uh, we're definitely always going to do a horror one man because I, yeah. I think it's uh, we have so many of Menace too it's we in can, us uh, definitely uh, I could do certainly we could do 70s ones or we could definitely do uh, like I we were talking about doing uh, some sort of universal hammer fusion ones for all mm-hmm. you guys out there that uh, are into the universal horror movies and the hammer horror movies black man. and white and 70s oh, man. Love it. they're all good man yep. and even there's some modern ones I wouldn't mind talking about uh out there like the hatchet films and stuff mm-hmm. but we could even go into like we said the franchise movies we start with michael myers we could oh, yeah. go into nightmare on elm streets we could go into the uh texas chainsaw Massacres. we could pretty much blab all night about this stuff yeah i mean we we're gonna do it anyways we yep. just we'll, we'll, we'll turn the mics off and we'll exactly <laughs> do it but dave and justin will be back next week i think next week we're going to be doing uh disaster films dave joked that he was going to put uh super mario brothers on there because it was a disaster it belongs <laughs> It was a disaster of a film, but uh, yeah, I think we're going to put some really phenomenal ones. I I think I I got Justin's list already, and it's a really good one, so I think everyone's going to be happy with that. Nice. If you want to get a hold of us before, then you can uh, always uh, hit us up on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes. You can leave comments or likes on there. We'd appreciate it if you follow us. We're also on uh, Facebook. At least me and Justin are always on Facebook. Dave doesn't even know what Facebook is. He thinks it's some weird mirror. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we're also on Twitter at Dupree Podcast. And if you want to get a hold of us through email, you can get a hold of us at fascinatedwithfilms at gmail.com. Let me just give a little quick shout out here. Uh, Land of Electronics, Southeastern. Not many people from Florida are going to see it, but, you know, there's people everywhere. So one of the coolest retro stores around. That's yep. what I got. And you can check uh, Land of Electronics, uh, the Eastern one, on Facebook, too. They got yep. a lot of the yep. posts of all the rare toys and stuff they have there. The cool Batman statue that I get into. The oh, Catwoman that, statue. that's an awesome one. He just got yep. a brand new Julie Newmar-like style uh, uh, Catwoman one that was amazing, too. So uh, definitely check that out. Come there and see uh, Eric and uh, Jay, if Jay's working there. Hey, Jay! <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> We'll, uh, I'll be back probably with Eric in another uh, f- like five or six months, and we'll uh, do another fabulous pod. But awesome. Until then, 
See ya. Adios, kitties. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. 